Hey everyone, this is episode number 106 of the Classic Gaming Podcast. Today's date is June number 1, 2018. I'm Robert Shoot. Ring, and with me is the wonderful Mr. Jay Totoro. Hello everyone. What's up June with you? June number 1, I like that. You like that? I was like, I can, I can, I can say it normal here, or I can go way off the beaten path and make everybody just laugh, you know, until they can't even breathe anymore. And I decided to do that. Wow, way to be mature about it, Robert. I appreciate you. <laughs> How do you feel about the Fallout seventy six announcement? I know you're a big Fallout fan. Yeah, I was. I'll be honest, with you, a little disappointed. Uh, Why? <clears throat> for, okay, have you read about what the game is yet? Isn't it kind of like a prequel? No, the actual gameplay. So, let's up. Cause I want to read it to you exactly. Because from what I was reading, the game is like, yeah, exactly. It's an online survival RPG. And really, yeah, that's that's. What I was like, oh, it's like a wait, no, but it's not. What do you mean by online? Is like an MMO? Yeah, that's what. Let's see, because that, that's what oh, I was really? reading. I was like, I hadn't yeah, heard that's this what I was like, level of detail yet. Um, after the well, you like MMOs and you like Fallout. I'll be honest with you, this is not gonna be good. Though. I don't think so, at least. What 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 don't you like about this? It's not offline. I mean, but you love MMOs. Have, I do love MMOs, but I I just don't think they're going to execute it well. You I don't think, don't think it's, it's, it's no, going to be, it's gonna be it's like Elder Scrolls well. Online or something. Yeah, which has honestly gotten better, but it's it's like Fallout is such a great series. The last one was 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 not awful. It just wasn't as good as the prior one. Like it, it the bar was set too high. The fourth one, it had problems, but it wasn't the worst game ever made. This, I, I wish they would just keep using that same recipe and improve on it, as opposed to switching over to this, which to me makes me think they're almost bandwagoning. It's like, oh, you know, everything has to be online. It's, they're probably going to use the term open world a lot. It's, you know, Fallout games are pretty open as is, but I, I don't know. I just, I'm very concerned about it. I just don't have high hopes for it. Wait, so is it, can, are, you, are we certain that it is an MMO? I mean, it, it's, it's considered an online survival RPG, so... Okay, so that's all. Like that's the extent of the detail, basically. So it sounds yeah, like they, an MMO. They really didn't release much from what I've okay, seen. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Um, yeah, it, I, I want to be excited about it. It's just after the last one and the issues that they had, it makes me oh, think right, they're going sure. to do exactly that, but in an online platform. That's probably the best way I can put it. Uh, in what way? Like uh, repeatable, re- repeatable. Repeatable quests, um, areas not having enough uniqueness to them, everything just kind of being repetitive, where you're just kind of going through this cycle of different things. It just, in Fallout New Vegas and Fallout 3, it was fun to explore. It was really exciting to gear up and just go out and wander and do stuff. Uh-huh. Oh, sorry, I thought you were messaging me. Somebody else was. Um, in the most recent one, it was like you had recipe A, B, or C, or D, and you were doing one of those four tasks. Mm-hmm. And one of them in particular was very repetitive and just got ridiculous. And it just Oh, really? It wasn't good, and the story didn't grip me the same way the third and third and Fallout or New Vegas did. I just, I don't know. It it just it felt like an online game, offline. Now okay. they're taking their game and making it online. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, that's the next step. Interesting. So, I, so you're not I, totally I, stoked. No, not at all. I don't. I don't think a lot of people are to be honest with you. So far, the people I've talked to are kind of. As soon as I say that that phrase, online, uh, it was online survival RPG. As soon as I say that, people are like, ooh. <laughs> so far <laughs> from what I've talked to, and I could be completely wrong. It'd be a great game. But yeah, not gonna we, we we never know. Correct. Could be the best thing ever made. Just, it might be. I'm not, I'm not looking forward to it. Really, I'm looking forward to another title under their belt. To be honest with you. Oh yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Like at a specific one, or you're just waiting for something new? You mean? Uh, some. I, I'm, I'm, I want something. I want the new Vegas of Fallout Four. 
Okay, so Vegas. you're not yeah. talking about something that's been announced. You're just saying in general. No, no, no. Okay. Yeah, that's that's what I'm kind of waiting for, and that's what I was hoping this would be, or or something completely off the cusp, something completely new, something that hasn't been seen in in the industry. Which this could technically be it, but eh, I don't think it's gonna be. Eh. Okay. Yeah. There's your hot take. Yeah. Let's talk about let's talk about news. Yeah. There's there's, there's actually and... there's a bunch of stuff this time. Two sad things. Um, we got we have to mention Total Biscuit passing away. Um, yeah, that, that hit me really hard, honestly. Get it? I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm going to be completely frank. You, you know that I wasn't a huge fan of him when mm-hmm. he first hit the scene in StarCraft. Sure. And I worked with him a couple times at a couple different events. And he was a, an actually... He was a really cool person. He really was. He was very authentic. I when I the reason I didn't like him is because I thought his personality was was not authentic. I thought he was faking it for all for his content on YouTube uh-huh. and stuff. And then you meet the guy and he really is that. And it's it's almost to a point where it's endearing. And he's he's extremely friendly and nice. And it was just That's what everybody seems to say. I know. And it's 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 crazy, dude. The dude was thirty four. Like, holy he shit. He was thirty three. He wasn't even thirty four yet. Jesus Christ. Like that's just it's so insane. crazy. Yeah, I know it, that 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 hit that hit pretty hard. And the other thing, the other thing that is so frustrating is with how much of an issue there is getting um, real game reviews. You know what I mean? Authentic oh, right. game reviews in the industry. He was one of them. He was one of the people who would actually tell you what a game is like. He is not pole jerking ex developer, ex publisher, and you can totally tell that they're faking the entire fucking thing. And, and he was, like, and he was pretty uh, adamant about try about calling people out on that kind of stuff or not necessarily yeah. calling people out but like trying to create a a, a, a a an environment of criticism where it's all fair and that kind of shit doesn't happen right yeah and it's it's just it's one of the things where we don't have enough of that it, it, we really really don't there's too much pole jerking of these big publishers and it's just like uh, it, it's really it's really sad i i wish his family the best of luck especially his wife his wife is so kind it's just mm-hmm. some of the worst things happen to some really great people it's just it's really sad to see yeah it really is so he so, passed away of uh of i guess it started off as colon cancer right is, isn't that right and it was uh i didn't know yeah. the type of cancer I, I i didn't i knew it was cancer i didn't know the type of it I believe that's what it was. He was on the h3h3 podcast actually i um, saw that like a year ago maybe or was it even that long yeah, did you see how skinny he was? Oh, it was ridiculous. Like, I, I was almost like, is that him? Yeah. Like, it... What's crazy, too, is is when I saw the, the post on, I think it was on Reddit, but I saw it, or I think it was Reddit, uh, some of the first comments were from him and his wife talking about how optimistic they were about his situation, like, days oh, right. prior. It's just like, like that's how yeah. vicious cancer is. Like, it just, it doesn't, it does not give a fuck. Like, it's just. And you know what else is like? I mean, I don't, I don't want to just like harp on how sad the situation is, but he would, one of the things he was saying was that if he had gotten himself checked out like a year before he did, like his, he probably would have been okay, or at least for a much better, longer time. Yeah. Uh, but he like, had these symptoms and, 40, right? huh? You're supposed to start after 40, right? Start what? Getting your, getting a colonoscopy. Oh, colonoscopies and stuff like that. Yeah. I think that that's kind of like in the U S that's sort of like what they recommend, but, but this and other things have kind of suggested that maybe that you should probably really start earlier technically. Um, but yeah, he like had weird symptoms and stuff and he just kind of like, you know, passed Ugh. it off and didn't really think about it. And then like, a, you know, after about a year, 
he was like, well, I guess I need to finally, you know, I guess I need to get checked out. And that was kind of when they found out that he actually had cancer and started doing stuff. So, uh, I don't know. I guess all we can do to kind of, I think what he would want us to do is just to kind of take that message that he, one of the things that he really emphasized on the, on this podcast that he did with H3H3 was just like the one thing he can do to try to help out in this situation is tell everybody if you're having like medical issues that don't seem right, don't wait forever to get them checked out. Just yeah, go get fucking I, go, go go get fucking checked out. It's it's not colonoscopies are not a big deal. Like I've had I've had two of them, and they are really not bad. And he volunteered. Uh huh. Like Robert Vault. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> the, the craziest thing that I was thinking about too is somebody posted on this. They were like, "Thank God the the amount of money that hit, hit him and his wife had because imagine the amount of freaking debt his wife would be in." Oh yeah, no shit. Somebody said that I was like I like that was the last thing I'd be thinking about. Obviously, in the given circumstances, you know, because it's human life, but. Holy shit, dude! That amount of debt has got to be, oh, that's yeah, just crazy. So don't be afraid of getting a colonoscopy. Don't be afraid of getting anything checked out that you don't think is Seriously. is usual. Just just go to the doctor, and just make sure you're all good. And I believe a lot of companies will cover that under. Uh, they'll cover the cost of it, considering it a, um, a wellness check. I believe. Hmm. So check with your company. I know Cox. I work for Cox. That's one of the things they offer is a wellness check, which is a physical um, and a couple other things. I don't think you can get a colonoscopy covered until you're like 35, but even still, it's better than paying for it on your own. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So very, very sorry to hear about that. Um, And then also uh, we had another unfortunate passing, which was the Atari co-founder, Ted Dabney. Obviously, that's not nearly as much of a household name as sort of, as Total Biscuit sort of was, but uh, I mean, this guy, I mean, co-founder of Atari, like you, you know that you don't get a whole lot more influential than that. True. Um, he specifically also helped uh, develop Pong. Wow, I was I reading. Didn't see that. Yeah, so uh, that's a pretty big deal too. Obviously, he doesn't seem to have been very active in the video game space, you know, recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, but man, like talk about <laughs> being like being at being a pioneer of, of video games. Like Seriously. that's, that's, that's pretty awesome. So yeah, obviously we don't know. We, we didn't have as much of a, like we, nobody knew really, you know, the, the public in general that is, didn't know Ted dad, Ted Dabney, like we did somebody like total biscuit or other people, but, uh, sure. It's very, very sad to hear about that also for somebody who oh, yeah. basically helped launch a video game, you know, or a household video games that is uh, in general. That's a, that's pretty crazy. That's a pretty awesome accomplishment. I think you put in the best words. I mean, it, like you said, not a household name, but I still respect him for what he did. I mean, yeah. The pioneers in the industry. Yeah. Tough week. It was. It was <laughs> t- yeah. Tough week. Um, kind of hard to move on after that, but uh, yeah. we'll... Um, but they would want us to, I think. So let's talk about the rest of the news that's happened. Uh, Pokemon, a new Pokemon Core, yes. a new Core Pokemon game has been announced. Have you been on top of this? I have a little bit. So I watched the I watched the preview, and I, I want to start by saying this because I don't think I keep hearing people say this. This is not the title that they alluded to prior. This is not the big title that everybody's been waiting for. Because um, they hinted at you know the the Pokemon RPG. This is not that, and a lot of people are like, oh, this is what we were waiting for. It's like, no, this isn't it. That's that's coming. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, coming no, I, 2019. The, the core one that, is. 
Exactly. And this one's coming out, I think, in November or September of this year. This, well, year. by this one, you mean the other one that they announced? That they, the one that they actually, yeah, yeah. The one that they actually announced is not a core game. Uh, well, okay, let's back up. They announced that there is going to be a core game in 2019. So that is certain. But they have not shown anything for that. They have shown trailers for a couple other things that are coming out before then. Which are oh, sorry, you you take over from here because you no probably... no go ahead. No, I think if you if you have um like data in front of you or, or, or actual like descriptions of it by all means. I watched the um the, the what do you call it the preview for it Nintendo Direct. Yeah, and I watched a or I read a little bit about it, but that was about the extent of it. So there's um there's Let's Go, which is a it seems to be sort of a follow up to Pokemon Go. Is that kind of what you got like halfway kind of yeah yeah exactly that's a good way to put it. it's kind of like a halfway exactly you kind of, my my perception of it was it's kind of this this thing where you can transition from the go mode to sort of a home mode and it's like yeah that, that was kind of what i got from it as well it's kind of like the middle ground they also said it's sort of like a remake of pokemon yellow uh that's a very weird thing to say i, I know I, that's <laughs> such really, a it's weird. it's weird yeah exactly it's it's like it's like they said, what can we use to get people excited? You know what I mean? Like, okay, it's similar to X. What would get people most excited? It's like throwing out one of the OG titles, you know? Yeah. Um, it's such a weird thing to say. So whatever that means. I don't know what that means. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what that means. Should I be excited? Like, where are we at here? Yeah. Uh, and then and the, and the, it's also going to have an add-on, like an accessory that you can purchase. Oh, that's right. Which is the Pokeball Plus. Which is a little Pokeball that you can kind of like. Contr- yeah, it's a little Pokeball controller. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I'm good. <laughs> so the, just... the best comment I saw on the Reddit thread about this was, I can't wait till somebody beats Dark Souls with the Pokeball controller. <laughs> oh, man. The animals. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> way to take a shit idea and make it pretty redeeming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and then, so then the other thing that they announced besides the, again, besides this and the core game that's coming later that they didn't have anything to show about, um, was Pokemon quest, which is basically kind of like a mobile game or it is a mobile game, but it's also on switch. It's on Android, iOS and switch. This doesn't sound that great. It's like, they, they said it's free to start. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what I was going to mention. Holy shit! <laughs> and I think at that point everybody probably lost interest. It does. I do like the graphics. It's like all the Pokemon characters sure. are like little like little cubes, basically. Uh, they look <laughs> funny, so I, I did like the art style. But uh, man, you and I are pretty pretty on point with this one together. That's yeah, pretty funny. But it didn't. Yeah, I, I had that same kind of feeling when, as soon as I saw at first, I'm like, what? Like, what does that mean? Like, you're going to, oh, no. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, now I'm sad. <laughs> yeah. So that was that. But I think that kind of the main thing that everybody's excited about is just hearing that there's a core game coming in 2019. So that should be yeah. cool if you like Pokemon. Uh, another announcement, Mega Man 11. Oh, I did not hear this. Interesting. Coming out October 2nd, 2018. For the Switch. I was about to ask, and then I realized how dumb of a question that was. So, glad there, I did. There's also um, a 
uh, Mega Man Amiibo that they're coming out, like a special edition Amiibo or something like that. I don't know. I think there already is one Mega Man Amiibo, but there's one coming out like with a special edition for this one. And I believe it's already sold out. Of course it is. Yeah. Uh, but that's kind of cool. Like, when was the last Mega, Mega Man game released? I was you know? just trying to think about that. I was like, wow. So, uh... Strong week for Nintendo. Oh, kind of strong week for Nintendo. I'd say fairly strong, yeah. Above, above average. Above average. Above average. Um, Plus 10. Sega Mega Drive Classics has also been released. So there's the Sega, whatever it's called, the one that we always refer to as the Sega Mega Sack Pack <laughs> on Steam. And they've released basically that same collection. It's like 50 games or something like that. 50 Sega Genesis games or Mega Drive if you're in the uh, UK. For uh, Xbox One, PC, or the PC One, it's not the Steam One. It's it's a Windows download that was not there before. Previously, this was only on Steam, I believe. Actually, actually, I take that back. I think you could also get it from Amazon. So I don't know. Maybe this is just specifically like the Windows Store. I'm not sure. I didn't look that deeply into it. But also... Xbox One and PS4. So they're going to have this collection. There's also There are a few updates. Uh, there's some things where, like, if there's multiple regions of the game, of, like, one of the games on there, then they have each region's version of the game, which is kind of neat. And, that is kind of uh, cool, actually. That's, not, that's very nice of them. Yeah, and they updated, and they did update the Steam version. So if you already own this collection on Steam, then, then, it, then they're updating it for free, and you get all the same extra stuff that they're releasing on these uh, on PS4 and Xbox One. Wow. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, seriously. That, that's really cool, actually. Yeah. I mean, it's basically the same thing that was already on Steam, but it's a little bit updated, and now it's on this okay. other stuff. So, that, yeah, that's cool. And uh, another announcement, I believe this is the last actual new game announcement that we have, is uh, a new Leisure Suit Larry game. Oh, I didn't hear about this. Leisure Suit Larry, Wet Dreams Don't Dry. Oh, my God. (laughs) I wish you could see. I mean, you can probably hear it from my voice. but I can hear it in your voice. Uh, October 24th. (laughs) That's all you say. Uh, Yep, October 24th. You can, it's it's on Steam. You can go ahead and pre-order it (laughs) for whatever reason. But it is, they, there is a Steam page for this. It is a point-and-click adventure game, just like it's, it's, it is a typical Leisure Suit Larry game. They, however, they have said that it's non-linear, so I don't know exactly what that means. Uh, it's point-and-click, but in some way non-linear. I, I, it seems like there may be like not just a story to follow, but like kind yeah. of a little bit sort of open world in a way. I was just going to say that. <laughs> a very accurate way to put it to be honest would you would you like me to read the steam description because it's a little painful it doesn't matter what i say here so i will not read it if you think it's better that i don't no i I think think all right here we go this is this is the steam description hey ladies i'm back in business my new adventure leisure suit larry wet dreams don't dry (laughs) takes me whatever the route or twist of fate from the end of the 80s directly into the 21st century and wow how the world has changed while my view of the world and women from way back in the 1980s collides with modern reality harder than the breasts of a lusciously stacked blonde jogging along a beach. What? I'm all set to date my way across the modern world, exclamation mark, in a, quote, point and click adventure I'd call typical for the genre we mutually experience how I fall head over heels in love with faith 
the hot to trot assistant to the boss at Prune, a a technology enterprise successful worldwide. Since even dating is done digitally nowadays, the first thing I have to do is to work on my score at Timber, the totally hip, can't get anywhere without it dating app where I date women, satisfy their needs. This is still going. And accordingly, pick up points for my Timber profile. And whenever I get a chance in between, always briefly check out a few bikini pics at Instacrap. The 21st century is gnarly smill. This sounds like something your dad would make to try and like be cool in today's society or something. Yeah. Like, how many buzzwords were in that, that piece? <laughs> oh, God, that sounds god-awful. It sounds pretty bad. So based on the nonlinear thing and the timber thing, like it sounds like maybe part of it is kind of like going around and just trying to rack up points, like by meeting up with like timber, timber girls. Stop. Uh, I will say the, the art actually does look kind of good. That's cares. Oh God. (laughs) Cares. Yeah. I think that, yeah, good point. I can't argue with that. Jesus. Cannot argue with that. You want to know how to be relevant kids? (laughs) <laughs> don't do what they're doing um you know what that makes me think of have you ever seen the meme oh man shit oh god what's his name Steve Buscemi when he's in high school with the skateboard <laughs> oh yeah 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 that's the what that makes me think kid, of the hello fellow yeah, kids what, yeah hello hey, fellow, fellow kids, kids. <laughs> yeah that's what that makes me think of like I'm being honest that's no exactly that really I is yeah I agree oh god that's just terrible we gotta talk about something positive um, I don't know if, well, oh, no, I do have something positive in a few minutes. You got to wait for it. That's why it's coming. It's coming. I appreciate you, Robert. I really do. And by coming, I mean, it's coming. But before that, so Leisure Suit Larry, October 24th. Next thing, the Atari VCS has, has finally opened pre-orders. Oh. Uh, you know, this is the, uh, Atari console that we keep talking about, um, at the risk of repeating myself, just for anybody who hasn't heard about it. It's a uh, Atari is coming out with a console called the Atari VCS. It is basically nobody really knows what it is. The, the, <laughs> it's basically <laughs> nobody knows. The best true. information that we have, it's a mid-tier computer running on a Linux OS that comes preloaded with like a hundred or more than a hundred uh, classic Atari games, and. That's really all that anybody knows. True. Um, true. <laughs> uh, it is running on Ubuntu specifically for anybody who, who cares or uh, or knows. Like, Three people familiar. in the world went, yes. <laughs> Ubuntu is kind of like the, <clears throat> it's like the uh, Coca-Cola of Linux distributions, basically. Uh, so they started their they started their pre-orders, but they're doing the pre-orders through Indiegogo. They're not just like doing regular pre-orders. Like their Indiegogo campaign is, you know, three hundred dollars to support us, and you get an Atari VCS. By the way, yeah, it costs three hundred dollars. Estimated delivery is July two thousand nineteen. That's not too bad, actually. That's not too bad. Uh, yeah. Somehow they have somehow they have destroyed their goal. This started Wait, really? yes, this started <clears throat> two days ago. Their goal was a hundred thousand dollars. So far, they have raised two point three million dollars. 
Wow, I didn't realize there were that many people just waiting for something like this. That's I really was interesting. Equally surprised, and I think a lot of people are just wow. as surprised. That um, that's actually crazy surprising. It's really weird I, because I don't of, dislike Atari, but that's crazy. Yeah, it's 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 really weird. Um because I've kind of looked around. I was like, wow, are people like really interested in this? Because I don't feel like I have a reason to be excited. And I've kind of like checked around like on the Atari subreddit and checked out some like YouTube channels from, of like Atari enthusiasts. And everybody feels the same way that we do. Everybody's kind of like, what? Like, you think it was just like one guy or something? Some guy's just like, I'm the biggest Atari fan ever. Here comes a lot of money. <laughs> Here's $2 million. Yeah. I mean, serious. Like, that, no, that... they have 8,882 backers. I just pulled it up. Wow. So, I mean, apparently there are some people who are, regardless, uh, excited about this. As they should be. Rightfully so. It just surprised me that there's that many. I don't know if they should be. I'll say I'm I'm, ha- I'm happy that there are people excited. You know, sure. good, for, good for them and good for it's Atari if this right? works out. Yeah. I'm happy for Atari, you know, assuming that they that they create something good that, that's going to kind of live up to what these... Uh, that's a very good point. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I never want anything to fail. Um, for you. I'm just really surprised. I'm just really kind of surprised that this is doing so well. And I, and I don't know where it's coming from. Cause like I said, everybody else that I've kind of looked to, to kind of get a gauge on what the feelings are, they sort of feel the same way we do. They're like, no, thank you. First of all, we don't have enough information. Second of all, $300 is way too much for what they're, what they are saying. And that's, that was my thought. Cause it's hard for me to justify buying a switch. And I think, I think a switch is worth <laughs> like, Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. But that's kind of difficult in my mind, but the Atari, I'm like, no fucking way. So anyway, uh, you know, good for them. I hope I hope it turns out. Like I said, I hope it turns yeah, out as well means. as everybody wants it to. Uh, we will see in a year and one month. Yeah, which is not the timeline. I, I have to say as well. I'm very <laughs> impressed with. I mean, that is if that's not that far out. And as long as they can keep that, I think it's well. They good. they have been kind of working on it for a while. Okay. So. Yeah, I agree. It's 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 good that it's only a year away. I'm not too surprised that it's that it's not very long, because they've been talking about it for a while and showing like prototypes and all this kind of stuff. Uh, just not really many specs until now, but you know we'll see sure. we'll see we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think that's an excellent way to put it. Finally, I have some fantastic news. All right, let's hear it, boys. Honey Pop is going to be all right. Oh my God! You we Probably. talked last time about? Are you serious? They got an, last time we talked about how they got an email from Steam saying that their game was going to be taken down because it conflicts with the, you know, whatever the Steam's rules of a ga- of video games are. And then they uh, there's an update on this. Uh, the the dev on Twitter said, "I've just received word from Valve uh, apologizing for the confusion, saying to disregard their previous email about the violation." that they are in the process of re-reviewing the game and will follow up soon. And then he also said, I should be clear, this doesn't mean we're out of the woods. It just means we have an interesting development. Whatever the case, the communication and clarification from Valve is very, very much appreciated. And it seems like some other people that kind of make similar games got the same email, the same like follow-up email from Valve saying, oh, never mind, we didn't mean to say that. So Honey Pop is, is okay for now on Steam. There's other places... I, I will say I'm glad that they pulled back very quickly because I don't really give a shit about Honey Pop, but the the whole purpose of what happened, I think, is very important. Yeah, I do too. Because yeah, even aside from being a reluctant Honey Pop fan, um, 
it's kind of shitty to be like, yeah, your game is fine. You know, they you went through the certification process however many years ago Honey Pop has been up there and then saying, oh, hey, all of a sudden out of nowhere, your game is in violation of our rules. It's coming down. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's a really good way to put it. So for now, they're, we're in the clear. You, you still buy Honey Pop. Well, it's it's available in other places as well. So there you go. There's your uh, good news of the evening. Are you all good? Are you are you okay now? No, I'm really emotional right now, Robert. Uh, all right, time to talk about video games. Finally, my favorite part. Who wants to go first? Let's roll some dice. I go first. All right, I've got two games. First, I'm going to talk about a little game called Bubble Bobble. Is that okay? I played this for the podcast, I'm pretty sure. Did you? Is this the game where you have a little little dude at the bottom and you shoot him and it hits the, the stuff above you? Uh, kind of describes it. You're little dinosaurs and you shoot bubbles and they capture yeah. bad guys and you like pop them to kill the bad guys. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. So, Bubble Bobble's initial release date was 1986. Wow. Uh, I played, really? Yeah, that's like the arcade or, let's see, when did it come out? What was wow. the first thing it came out on? No, I believe you. That's just, that's impressive. It's, it's, a, it's a fun game, even today. Um, yeah, I think it, arcade was the original thing. Uh, and the NES was the version I played, which is probably the version that most people have played. Excuse me. And uh, this was another game that I played. You know, I told you I had that friend that came... Uh, and visited for a couple days, and we just played video games all day for like two days straight. This is one of the ones we played, and we actually beat Bubble Bobble. It's got like a hundred levels if you play it all the way through, and we'll actually we'll talk about that a little bit more. Hundred? Yeah, there's like a hundred levels. Ooh. So Bubble Bobble, if you are not familiar with it, it's it's a uh, kind of like an arcade style, like one screen level yeah, game. That's a good way to put it. Um, so. You get these levels that are one screen and weird platforms. And the platforms are not really most of the time put in like an interesting way. It's like a lot of the levels are they just put them put the platforms in like a neat design. They didn't necessarily like think about the gameplay. It's more like what can we how, can we make the screen look neat with these? And like when you get to later levels it's really weird. The level design starts getting super random. It's like they it's like they had to come up with a hundred levels and they just had no idea what to do. So they just start like picking like, just like the first thing that comes to their head. It's like, they're playing like the, uh, the word association game where it's like, you say a word. It's like, almost feels like that. Like some of them, they start having people's like random people's names. Like one of the levels with the little like platforms, they spell out Darius. Like, okay. One of them, they, they have like YK. And then there's some like, I think like more Japanese names because I, I didn't recognize them and they sounded Japanese and I don't know what they mean. And then some of them are like pictures. Some of them, I, f- I feel like one was like maybe like a frying pan or something like that. And then like what? some of them, really? yeah. And then some of them they use the platforms to like draw a picture of like one of the enemies, for instance. It's really weird. It's like none of them are like well, maybe some, but very few of them are like measured out in a way that's like this creates a neat platforming experience no it's all like okay what can we draw a cool design of using these little platforms it's please really, tell me there's there's a level with a penis right 
Oh, of course. There was at least three of those. Okay, good. I was going to say, like, if they didn't, they missed a huge opportunity. Yeah, and then at the top of the screen, it said Leisure Suit Larry. Ah, uh, and Honey Pop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so you go through 100 levels like this, or I think it's maybe a little bit more than 100. I don't remember exactly. But there's all these monsters, and basically you start at the bottom. And, it's, and it has two-player co-op, and like I said, I was playing it with one of my friends, where every all, like... You, and if, you know, if you're playing with somebody else in the second player, you start off at the bottom. All the enemies kind of start off, like, falling down from the top of the screen, and then they, they land on whatever platforms they hit first, and then you kind of start playing from there. And your goal is just to uh, kill all the enemies on the screen. You do that by kind of hopping around and blowing bubbles at the enemies, and when they get caught in a bubble, then they kind of start floating. And then you have to jump on top of them or kind of, like, smash into them to actually kill the enemy. And then they turn into like various things that you get like diamonds or like food or food items, sometimes like that, that you get points for, but bounce around, catch the enemies in a bubble and then, and then pop them basically. Um, it gets surprisingly hard, like about, I'd say like halfway through the game, the levels do start getting pretty challenging. Like the first like 50 levels, you're like, this is, this is really easy. Because you're, I mean, there's, there's not First really 50, five, <laughs> yeah, because there's just not really anything too challenging about it. The enemies move around and stuff, but, and some of them move kind of fast, but usually it's pretty easy to dodge them or just jump out of the way. <clears throat> really the hardest thing about any of the levels is sometimes it's hard to reach the, the, the spots that the enemies are like, sometimes they are very high up and the, and the way to get very high is really difficult. You have to blow bubbles. And as they're floating up, like jump on top of them and like hit the, and like when you jump on top of them, you don't automatically like land on top of them. You have to hit jump at exactly the right time to like bounce off of it. And then that bubble pops and you have to make sure there's another bubble above it that you like, like jump up to and like, and then hit the jump button again, just to get exactly the right time. And it's really finicky. It feels like when it accepts like, okay, yeah, you land on this one and you're going to bounce up. Like it does not really feel consistent. So what you end up having to do is just mashing B and A the whole time. So B blows bubbles and A jumps. And what you have to start doing when you got to get up to one of these like higher areas is just like just spamming both buttons. So you're kind of like jumping up and like hopefully hitting A at the same time that you hit a bubble that's floating up in the sky. And then you jump off of that one and then hopefully there's another one above you. It's very, very imprecise, but that's kind of what you have to do. Uh, and that's, that's kind of like what makes some of these levels hard early on. And then there are some spots where an enemy will get kind of, uh, so, so the way it is like you can jump, it's, it's one of those games where you can jump up. If there's like, say a platform, it's kind of typical where you can jump up through it. Like you don't hit your head on it. If you jump up to a platform, like you jump up and you goes through it and then you land on it. You, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Does that make sense? And then, but then if there are platforms like to the side of it, if there's walls, then usually you can't, or I don't, I don't remember if you can't, I don't even remember now if you, you may be able to walk after 50 levels. I don't remember. <laughs> you may be able to walk sideways through the walls. I, I think you cannot, um, but the enemies definitely cannot. So there are some spots where there it's really hard because there's a very narrow space that an enemy might get stuck in. <laughs> and then you have to like jump up like a few times, like bouncing all these bubbles and like basically land in the area at exactly the right time because the enemy just walks back and forth through it. But there's like a tiny little space where if you land there at just the right time, then you can blow a bubble like 
in just the right amount of time to be able to catch him before he hits you. Uh, otherwise, that's kind of cool. At least eh, it's not really. It's not fun. Really? No. Jeez. Oh, because because again, it's so imprecise the jumping up and all that to get there that it's really just based on luck whether you're going to land in the right spot at the right <sighs> time. Uh. And then, like, the last 50 levels, and especially last, especially the last, like, 20, do start getting pretty tough, where, like, the enemies move super fast, and then there's a lot of situations where you get enemies stuck in these little kind of, like, rooms almost like this, where you have to time the jumping in there just right, where it does get pretty hard. Uh, luckily, you, on at least on NES, you do have unlimited continues, so it's not that big of an issue, but there were some levels, some of the, of the very later levels, we ended up playing, like, 10 or more times uh, to be able to pass. Wow, 10 or more. Yeah. Wow. When you get to the very end, <clears throat> we so I there's a way to I knew there was a way to get like a good ending or a bad ending. And I looked it up and I found like a million different descriptions of what you're supposed to do. None of it was very clear. But on wow. the second to last level, there is a crystal. And it looks almost just kind of like any other like point item that you can pick up. You know, to get points. Like, there, there's all these random things. There's, like, bell peppers that you can get that give you points. There's little diamonds that you can get that give you points. There's um, there's umbrellas that... Actually, the umbrellas do more than give you points. I think the umbrella, like, lets you, like, skip, like, five levels or something like that. Oh, wow. Uh, stuff like that. So, there's a crystal on this one particular level. It's the second to last level of the game. And, supposedly, if you get that crystal, then you get the good ending once you beat the game. So we replayed this level and over and over, and the crystal's only on screen for like a for a limited amount of time. So you kind of have to haul ass. How are you to supposed there. to figure that out back in the day? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I know. Uh, and so we got the crystal, but we still got the bad ending. And I think um, it's maybe because like maybe you have to get that and then beat the last level without dying on the last level. Maybe I'm not sure. <clears throat> but I was also reading like. That you have to play through, like, basically the game a second time to get the good ending. So, I'm not sure which of those is the case. I really don't know. Maybe somebody knows better than I do. But we, um, so we did that level over and over until we got the crystal and beat the level. Then we get to the very last level, which is, uh, this is actually a boss level. Which is the, it's the only level that's different in the entire game. It's the only level that actually has a boss. There's this big guy jumping around and, like, shooting lightning at you, basically. And you have to get these power-ups that let you shoot lightning, but only for a limited amount of time. And you have to shoot him and, uh, with like a shitload of lightning and then like find another power up whenever you can to get more, to get, you know, the ability to shoot lightning once again. And you shoot lightning at this guy and it takes a shitload of hits, but eventually you kill him and then we beat him. And then the ending screen we got says bad end. What? <laughs> and it says like play through again to get the good ending or something along those lines. But, uh, it was really funny translation not even saying like bad ending or like better luck next time. It just says bad end. Oh my gosh. <laughs> troll. Yeah. It was a little bit trollish. So, uh, oh, and I guess I should mention also the music. The music is super catchy on this game. Oh, that's good at least. The, um, actually extra lives, which, you know, we've had them on a couple times on the podcast. Oh, yeah. They, they're, they're the band that they're a band that does uh, really, really good covers of classic video games. They one one of their best covers is of the Bubble Bobble theme song. Uh, I I highly recommend you just Google Extra Lives Bubble Bobble theme. They do a fantastic job with it. It is a really good song, a really like catchy little cute song. But the problem is, it is not a very long song, and it plays on repeat the entire 
game. <laughs> it is the one song of the game. It plays on every single level. Uh, it doesn't stop in between levels. It just keeps on going. So it doesn't ever, I mean, it doesn't like start over when you get from one level to the next. It just keeps on looping from wherever it was. So, uh, Bubble Bobble, it's okay. I, I, there's still some fun to be had there. It, it was a game that I really used to like a whole lot when I was younger. I, I, did, I never owned it, but I rented it a whole bunch and I always loved it. Uh, obviously it hasn't held up very fantastically, but there it is still pretty fun. Maybe it is a fun multiplayer game. It really is. It, it is. I don't know if it's fun enough to warrant playing through all a hundred levels. Like I, yeah, did. you're a little sociopathic. I was going to mention that, but, <laughs> but it's, uh, it, you know, each level, most of the ones that, that aren't very difficult, they might take like a minute or like a couple minutes maybe to beat most of them. Like you okay. can beat in less than a minute. So, so, so 50 levels really sounds like a lot more than it actually is. But the, you, you, would you say the last 20 levels encompass like the first 50 levels in terms of time? I will. Then we're kind of skipping the 30 in between. I would, I would say the first 60 or 75 levels are about half. Oh. And then the rest of it is the second half. That's pretty crazy. But we didn't play for two. We probably played for maybe two hours, maybe two and a half, something like that. So anyway, Bubble Bobble, it's, it's still pretty cool, but it's not worth playing through the whole thing, especially because you only get bad end when you, when you finish it. Well, maybe you just got bad end because you got the bad end, dog. I guess so. I got the bad end of the deal. Come on, dog. Come on, Robert. The other game that I played was Street Fighter 1. Oh, interesting. <laughs> oh, Yeah. So I bought the 30th anniversary Street Fighter collection, which just came out this week. Uh, I got my copy a, a little bit late, so I haven't had a chance to play much more than uh, Street Fighter 1 and then dick around with a few of the other Street Fighters. So as a reminder, the Street Fighter 30th anniversary collection comes with... Uh, I'm going to pull it up so I have the list of all of them. Um, it, uh, it comes with what it says, and I can't... I can't confirm this based on my own experience because I, I'm not as I'm not familiar enough with all of them, but I have no reason to believe this is not true. Basically every street fighter arcade release from street fighter one through street fighter three. So, um, none of, so, so not the con, not any of the console releases, but purely just the arcade releases. It is uh, 12 games. And what that really is, if you're familiar with Street Fighter at all, you know that they love to re-release different versions of every game that they make. So really, it's four base games with multiple versions of most of the games. Um, Street Fighter 1. Street Fighter uh, Street Fighter 2, The World Warrior, which is the original Street Fighter 2. Street Fighter 2 Champion Edition. Street Fighter 2 Turbo Hyper Fighting. Uh, Super Street Fighter 2. And Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo. Um, Street Fighter Alpha. Street Fighter Alpha 2. Street Fighter Alpha 3. And then Street Fighter 3. Street Fighter 3. The New Generation Second Impact. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The first one is Street Fighter 3. The New Generation. The second one of those is Street Fighter 3. Second Impact. And then Street Fighter 3. Third Strike. Jeez, how could you mix that up? (laughs) So... It's basically Street Fighter 1, Street Fighter 2, Street Fighter Alpha, and Street Fighter 3 with all the different versions of 2 through 3 that they had. And 
again, I'm going to talk about Street Fighter One specifically this time. But first, I want to talk about just a little bit about the the actual collection itself for just a second. So it has online play for four of these, and I I didn't write which ones they were, but two of the primary Street Fighter uh, two games, and then um, Street Fighter Three Alpha. I'm sorry, Street Fighter Alpha Three which was the last of the Street Fighter Alpha games, and then the the last of the Street Fighter 3 games, which was Third Strike. So I, I want somebody to count the amount of times you just said Street Fighter 3s. <laughs> I would love to get that number. Oh my gosh. I think it was a lot. So those four versions are the ones that you can play online against other people. And then all the other ones, you can just like basically play the arcade mode. Uh, and of course, you can do arcade mode for these four as well. Uh, it's really cool. They They actually have the real arcade intro screens for all of these. So whenever you launch one, it pulls up like just as if, you know, like when you're walking around an arcade and like nobody's playing it and it's kind of showing like a little cutscene yeah. stuff and like the start screen and all that. It's got the classic uh, Street Fighter 2-1, of course, where it's got like the guys like having sort of a, a literal street fight, but it's like just two sort of like randos just doing it. Um, it's also got saves, so you can kind of save, you know, your progress on any one of them so you don't have to start over if you got to, you know, leave or whatever. It's also got, uh, so it's got all those the arcade versions of all those, which is really cool. It's also got um, like a museum type kind of uh, option where you can kind of go through and it's got little stuff about the history of, of basically the entire street fighter franchise. It's got little like pictures and stuff of uh, like concept art for the characters and things and kind of like little neat little facts about the series and stuff and about each individual game. It's got one, one really cool thing was it's got a screenshot of, an NES version of the original street fighter that was never released. And it looks really, it's, it's really cool because like, as far as I know, nobody really knew that they were, they had ever thought about making an NES, you know, a street fighter one NES game, but they had, and they have a screenshot of it and it looks like shit as you'd probably imagine, but it's really, it's really (laughs) cool that they had that. I was going to say, it's still cool. Yeah, it is really cool. Another interesting thing that I learned looking through this is that final fight, which has, uh, I'm going to probably get my facts wrong on this, but Final Fight, you know, is, is like a beat-em-up game. It's also made by Capcom. It has uh, a couple, it, it has, I think, two characters. One was Guy and one was Hugo that uh, later on were in Street Fighter games. Originally, Final Fight was going to be a Street Fighter game. It wasn't, it was going to be the same game that it was. It wasn't going to be like a fighting game. It was going to still be a beat-em-up just like it was, but uh, they were going to call it... It was going to be Street Fighter 89, as in like 1989. <laughs> so I didn't... That was pretty interesting. I thought that Final Fight was originally going to be Street Fighter 89. I never knew that. And then it's also got like... <laughs> it's oh, got... No. Well, okay, let me get to that part in a second. It's just, there's some uh, other really cool stuff. They, they have some like internal documents from like the pitches for... Uh, specifically for Street Fighter 2. And I, I think they have them for the other ones as well. But Street Fighter 2 was kind of the one that I was looking at the mm. most as far as this goes. Like, con- like a, again, concept art, like pitch, doc- excuse me, pitch documents, um, things like that. Uh, and it's got some interesting stuff on there. On the art for uh, Ken, they, they mentioned, so you know Ken and Ryu are basically like the same character. Almost like I mean they're different they're different characters but they have the exact same moves you you know that same play style yeah, yeah. right uh, that not not the exact same moves but very 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 similar especially it's kind of like the farther back you go the more similar they are and I, and I never knew this but they they said uh, this was in the kind of like the the design notes they wanted Ken 
to uh this is for street fighter 2 they wanted ken to uh maintain having like the exact like almost exact same move set as ryu so that if two players wanted to play each other like the way they put it is quote on even terms that they could do that oh that's interesting isn't that's that cool a, that's very thought out you know like, yeah that's surprisingly thought out yeah and all this time i always thought it was just so like just kind of for fun or like so you could have two guys that look a little different but that are basically the same um, because with the original Street Fighter 2, you cannot pick the same character. Two people cannot pick the same character. So this was sort of their answer to that. If two people wanted to, f- yeah, if two people wanted to fight each other and have like the exact same move set to be quote on even terms, then that was why they had Ken and Ryu. I thought that was really wow. neat. Uh, some of the that early, surprisingly creative. Yeah, some of the early character designs are are hilarious. Like Ken is like kind of chubby in the original character design. There's a there's a boxer which of course you know was eventually. Uh, uh, Balrog, his the 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 boxers originally and most of the characters had different names starting off. The boxer that they originally came up with his name was Dick Jumpsy. What really? And, and his and his special move was called the Holy Rope Storm. Hell. Uh, the original design for um, Guile, his name was Shilk Mueller, and they noted that he has a two hundred and twenty IQ. <laughs> What? <laughs> this is like Shilk Muller has a 220 IQ so he can read his opponent's minds or something like that. <laughs> and then there's one and it's got a it's, it's it's a character that basically looks like a SWAT team guy and this is not somebody who made it into the game and underneath it just says a policeman. <laughs> <laughs> and then all throughout the design documents and like concept art there's Chun-Li and she's all she's through there. She's 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 in there through the whole thing. But they hadn't come up with a name for it yet, so on every place that she's listed, it just says Chinese girl. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so bad. So it's really it's got some really fun stuff to look through. Uh, it also has, and this isn't like uh, historical stuff. This is kind of like what kind of like current stuff apparently, because it's not like uh, historical, like little scan, like you know, it's not scans of old documents they have. It's like. Here's the lore for these characters. So it's got a mode where you can like flip through all the characters and like read about them. You can also like one thing that's really cool is you can uh, when you're looking at the information for each character, uh, regardless of which game it is, it'll show uh, you can look at a section where it shows their special moves and it shows each individual sprite of their special moves, which is kind of (laughs) neat. But it also has like character lore for each of them. It says like you know their height and weight and like all this sure. bullshit that nobody cares about. And it says their uh, their likes and dislikes. <laughs> Do you know Ryu doesn't like spiders? <laughs> That's so random. Uh, Sagat has a special talent. He can stay underwater for more than twenty minutes. Oh, thank God! That's a, I mean, in his profession, it's a requirement, right? <laughs> so. That stuff is kind of stupid and funny, but it's really, really interesting looking through all the uh, the old, like I said, like all the in, the internal documents and stuff. So the anniversary collection, I think, is pretty good. Uh, it's for the online play. Some people have complained. Uh, I've 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 read a lot of people saying that like they've had a lot of lag and stuff like that. I've had lag in some of my some some of my games. I've had like pretty bad lag, and some of it has not been. Some of it's been like perfectly fine. So I don't, I can't say whether it might just be, you know, the other guy's internet connection or something like that. Sure. Uh, but overall, I'm very, very, very happy with the 30th anniversary collection. So once again, out of that collection, the game that I played for this episode was the original Street Fighter 
just called Street Fighter. Uh, it came out in 1987, uh, arcade only, and uh, it is it is not a good game. Anybody who's ever played it or is familiar with it at all knows that Street Fighter One is there's nothing remarkable there's nothing remarkable about it at all. In fact, it's kind of bad. It's really just like. And I'll say it's not terrible. A lot of the reason it's so bad is because you expect it to be good based on Street Fighter 2 and everything that's come yeah. after it. It's like hilariously bad in comparison to everything that came after it. But honestly, I was kind of thinking about it and really it's just kind of like a typical mediocre, kind of like crappy arcade game. There are a million games as crappy as, or there are a million arcade games as crappy as this. There are probably two, two million that are worse. But that doesn't change the fact that this one still is pretty bad. And this isn't really a knock against it because this is just kind of saying, I mean, because there wasn't any other game where you could do this as far as I know up until this point, but there, there is no character selection. You play as Ryu and that's it. Um, the only way you can play as another character is if a second player comes in and plays, then the second player is Ken and the first player is Ryu. And that's always how it is. You also cannot... Um, you know, you know, in street fighter on the arcade, if somebody's playing they're you're just playing, they're just playing against like the, the computer or whatever. Yeah. Anybody can come in and put in a quarter and hit enter yep. or you hit start and they play. Well, you can't, you, you could not do that on street fighter one. <laughs> if you wanted to have two people play, they both had to like start at the same time. You couldn't like come in on somebody else's game. Interesting. Um, so yeah, not necessarily good or bad. I mean, obviously it's better to be able to, but you know, again, we can give it the benefit of the doubt. This was 19 sure. fucking 87. Uh, they had, you know, that was, that was not like a standard thing at this time. Um, the, so the game is where the, the thing that makes the game so bad or a couple of things, I get obviously is the main thing is the controls. The controls absolutely suck. <laughs> they are not responsive at all. I mean, wow. they are, they are somewhat responsive, but sure, sure, sure. they like, when you do a jump kick, for instance, he always will kick at the very end of his jump. Even if like you hit it at the beginning or the top or the bottom, it doesn't matter. He always kicks at the very end. Um, the all it always everything you do feels feels delayed. But and but like the biggest thing is the the biggest problem is with the controls like being generally unresponsive is is with special move inputs. So it's got the typical special moves, the fireball, the shuriken, and the uh, the helicopter kick. I forgot what it's mm-hmm. what it's called. Um, they will work about 25% of the time. What? And I was reading about it, and supposedly they, um, like, the reason is that the game just doesn't check for inputs all the time. Interesting. So it had <laughs> limitations. I, had, I, guess it, I guess it was, a, maybe it was a technological limitation, I guess. But it does. It's just not always checking for inputs. So, you basically, if you want to throw a fireball, you better just start like spamming it over and over again until it happens. Oh my gosh! Uh, the 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 shuriken, the dragon punch, um, is particularly hard to do because that's kind of a very specific mode. You know, that's a little bit more complicated motion. And then on top of it, with the input being really, really, really wonky, <laughs> that's that's a pretty tough one to do. What? I, but here's the other thing. If you hit somebody with any special move, it takes off almost half of their health. A fire, so the game is balanced. <laughs> a fireball takes off almost half of their health. 
Shuriken takes almost half of their health. Same with the helicopter hick- kick. Um, it is hilarious how, how much health it takes off. So basically what you do is just start spamming the special move like motions and, and hitting punch the whole time. And eventually you're going to throw a fireball and you know, there's a chance it might hit the, your opponent and maybe not, but if it does, I mean, but it's worth it because if you just hit once, then it's taken nearly half of their life. If you hit it twice and they're almost dead and you just basically have to like kick them or something to kill them. Jeez. It is kind of hilarious. Something else really weird is the timer speed. <laughs> so, you know, <clears throat> in, in all the uh, arcade and all the street fighter arcade games, there's a, there's a timer for, for each round. Usually it starts off at like a hundred and counts down yeah. from there. Or 99, right? Yeah. Yeah. 99, I think. But it counts down so damn fast in this game. Really? <laughs> one, Why? One match cannot be more than a minute long. I, 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 I meant to time it to see, but it must be, it probably, I feel like every, every tick is half a second. Oh, interesting. So it goes so fast. So there are a lot of times where it'll, where the match will end just based on who has the most, uh, you know, who has the most health left as opposed to somebody <laughs> actually knocking somebody out. Um, let's see. The jumping attacks are terrible. So once you get, so the first, like, I forget how many bad guys there are that you have to face to beat the game, but I think it was the, uh, the fourth from the last one was the first one that got really hard. Like all, like I just, I really just survived on spamming the, uh, special, like spamming basically the fireball motion over and over and over again. And every once in a while I would kind of mess it up and do a, do a, a, sh- a shuriken instead of the, uh, instead of a hadouken. I like you say accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but still, all you got to do is just keep spamming the motion, and eventually you're going to hit him, and it's going to take a shitload of health, and that's like your that's my strategy for the whole game, and it worked until this guy. Well, on this guy, it sort of did work just in a modified version. <clears throat> you get to this character called Birdie, and he can kill you in three regular hits. What? And he just like char. He doesn't like literally charge at you, but he like jumps at you, and he like does this jumping punch at you, and if he hits you three times. Sometimes there's one particular move that he can hit you two times with and kill you. But if he hits you three times, it kills you. So you you basically have to like jump away and then uh, like start spamming, you know, the special move button over the special move motion over and over again. And then just kind of like make sure that you keep making distance between you and him. And then just like when you make distance then start trying to throw fireballs as much as you can. Because again, one out of every four or five times you do it, he's going to actually throw a fireball. And then, you know, you obviously got to count on those to hit him, not all the time. So you basically do the same thing for him, but just got to make more distance. And then really the, uh, the rest of the bosses aren't, aren't any harder. Like the the couple after him are a little bit easier. And then the very last boss is probably like maybe slightly harder than Birdie was. The, 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 the last boss is, uh, Gen, who came back, I think, uh, not until Street Fighter four, he may have been. In one of the other ones in between, I can't recall. I know he was not in Street Fighter 2. I don't think he was in Street Fighter 3, and I'm not sure about Alpha. But uh, he eventually came back to the franchise, which is kind of cool. But, man, like, this game, like, you just gotta, like, if you just watch, like, a YouTube video of it, you'll kind of see, like, how how awkward the motions look, how awkward the characters look. Like, you're, they're kind of jumping around. The jumps, like, are just, like, it's, there's nothing precise about this game, and... Street Fighter 2, or, you know, 
every Street Fighter game from Street Fighter 2 on is is based on being like precise to the individual frame. Like to like one frame can make a difference in this game. Your input like there are combos and there are things where you have to hit a where you have to do a move like to the frame precision on with some in some cases. And this game is just so far off from that that it's hilarious. It's just kind of a mess trying to play this game. Um, I will say two things. Two things are good for it. The music is pretty good, and the backgrounds do look pretty good for for how old it is. Wow, that's surprising to me. I thought the background would just be very boring. You know? Yeah, yeah, you would think so. But some of the backgrounds I was really impressed by. You know, again, <laughs> given how old the game is, I, I was like, wow, these actually look pretty good. Uh, the characters themselves really don't look that great. I'm sure they look very similar to each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of them do. There's there's not that much variation. And Ken, or not Ken, Ryu has red hair, which is kind of fun to, funny to see Ryu with red hair because every other game since he's got black hair. Uh, oh, okay. And the uh, the last thing, when you uh, when you beat somebody, then it says on the and it shows your opponent on the screen, and it says he says every single one of them says the same thing. They say what strength, but don't forget there are many guys like you all over the world. Which is, first of all, that's kind of weird to say that because these are supposed to be like the elite fighters out of the entire world to say <laughs> yeah, that there right? are many like you. But uh, aside from that, they also say like say it in like an electronic voice that, you know, the, the arcade like speaks it. And if there was not text telling you what they say, you would not be able to understand. Oh, really? <laughs> it is so bad. I would. This is another thing I would recommend looking up if, if you can. It sounds like this is what it sounds like. I'll, I'll do my best to recreate it. What think? What don't forget? There are any guys like you all over the world. That's that's the best that I can do. And as ridiculous as that sounds, that's really not that far off. I don't think from how it actually sounds in game. Uh, that actually probably sounds a little bit better, honestly, than it does in in game. So, uh, so man, Street Fighter One. The the only redeeming value that this has is as a historical artifact. From a <laughs> from a franchise that eventually became you know you know kind of, in a way sort of enormous. Oh yeah, I would say it's enormous. I, I think it's a pretty household name when you say. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, okay. absolutely. I, I say in a way because nothing has really lived up to Street Fighter Two. Street Fighter Two was without a doubt enormous, but then Street Fighter Alpha and then Street Fighter Three, very good games, but they just did not get the popularity that Street Fighter Two had. Like they nowhere near it. Uh, Street Fighter 2, oh, I'm sorry, Street Fighter 4, rather, which is not very old. I think that came out, geez, maybe 10 years ago, um, is, a, is is kind of sort of uh, picked the franchise back up and sort of brought it back to some degree, but still not to the degree that Street Fighter, you know, it's still, even that one wasn't as big as Street Fighter 2 is. Um, so I say that everybody knows Street Fighter 2, of course, like you said, it is a household name, but but it has not ever been able to kind of reach its former glory of Street Fighter 2. It's it's still really good, but it but it hasn't been able to capture that sort of magic I can, that, I can agree that it that. originally had. Yeah. I can definitely agree with that. So, I've done talking for a little bit. That's 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 Are what you? I've got this time. Yeah. It was it was really I'll say it was really fun. I had played Street Fighter 1 once before. It was in like it was like a random arcade cabinet that was at some, you know, pizza place or something that I was at at one point a long time ago. And uh, I remembered it be, just being kind of dumb and kind of bad. <clears throat> but that was the extent that I remember. I didn't really remember any of the details about it. So it, it is really fun to go back and play this game and, and just, just kind of see what it was like. 
Um, again, especially in relation to Street Fighter Two and everything after it. You can kind of see the. It almost sounds, based on what you're saying, it almost sounds like you saw the infrastructure of what they made, kind of down the line, if you will. No, not even. No, I wouldn't even. Oh. Go. I would not even go that far because it is so far removed quality wise <laughs> from everything that came after it. If anything, I'm. It makes me more surprised that Street Fighter Two was such a good game. Wow. It, There's that much variance. Uh, yeah, I mean, the only similar things are like it's a fighting game and it has some of the same characters and, and stuff. It has like the that. word streets and fighter in the name. <laughs> yeah. It is nowhere near nowhere near this the 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 feel of of any of the later Street Fighter games. Even like Capcom did something recently <clears throat> where they had like they released some videos it was kind of like Street Fighter retrospectives like leading up to the 30th anniversary release. Mm-hmm. And like for Street Fighter 1 like they did, you know, of course, a section on that. But, like, all they could say about it was, like, the only good thing even Capcom had to say about Street Fighter 1 was, like, oh, it did these things that kind of influenced Street Fighter 2 a little bit. And even that's going, <laughs> go, taking it a bit far. It's like, oh, Ryu, here, we got Ryu. And he was later in Street Fighter 2, which was so good. And Ken was oh another character. <laughs> that was, and, you know, I don't blame him for that because other, you know, anything else. And they would have just been, like, bullshitting people in it would have been extremely obvious. So yeah, I mean, I, I give them props for basically saying, yeah, street fighter one, it wasn't a good game. <laughs> the best we can say is that there are some, there are a couple elements that we took from this one that we put in later games that were much, 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 much better. So wow. uh, yeah. We're off to a good start tonight. Yeah. I mean, as bad as it was, I'm very, very glad that I got to play it. All so right. ten out of ten, you would recommend is what you're saying. To me I right would re- I would recommend everybody play this. Yes, I would actually. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. I got really Any scared. Any final for, thoughts? Uh, my only final thought is I got really scared for just a second because I thought I forgot to start recording again, but I did not. I remember. You realize that I would never speak to you again. <laughs> yeah. So that's all simply. Okay. Do you want to take a second before we continue, or are you good? I'm. I I think I'm good. You go ahead. Um, so, I played a game that came out in 2002 uh, by my boys 3DO. Um, I played Heroes of Might Magic 4. Um, wait, wait, wait. I've been talking 3D- about Heroes 3DO? Yeah, 3DO. Is, is, that a, is that a publisher or like a developer? Uh, you don't know? Oh, yeah, they're a publisher. I didn't... Oh, th- you don't know 3DOs? I know the 3DO console. Yeah, so they, they, they also were a publisher. Ah, uh, that's interesting. I did not know that. Okay. They also made wow. an MMO. They, they they did a lot of crazy stuff. That's fine. Um, how did I know? How did I know this? So, three D. Actually, I'm looking at a list of their games. Actually, there's a lot of games in here that I didn't know they did. <laughs> okay. Oh, I see. Anyways, it was Heroes of Might. I'm sorry. Heroes of Might and Magic, right? Or Might and Magic? Yep. No, Heroes of Might and Magic. You are correct. Heroes Heroes of Might and Magic and Might Might and Magic is an RPG. Heroes of Might and Magic is a sort of RTS right, strategy. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that I'm yeah, I'm familiar with the yeah, difference. Not really an RTS, more strategy. Strategy is the best. It's turn-based. Yeah, it's yeah, it's turn-based. Um so yeah, I've been talking about the third one quite a bit lately. Um and I got the itch. I I've actually played the third one for uh, I kind of scared to admit, but probably 25 to 30 hours in like the last 10 days. I've been Wow. I yeah, I was playing <laughs> nice. like nonstops. So I, I was getting to the point where I was running out of maps and I'd played through a good portion of the campaign. And so um, I ended up, tr- I wanted to try the fourth and fifth one because I had tried them before. I completely disliked them. 
and I thought I'd give it another shot. So uh, I'm only going to talk about the fourth one tonight because I haven't played the fifth one enough to really give it a solid thumbs up or thumbs down. Okay, so the fourth one is the one we're going to discuss. Correct. Okay. Yeah, so this came out in 2002. Uh, again, this is by 3DO. <laughs> 3DO is another, another one of my, my old school publishers I really like. They made a bunch of different games that I've played numerous times even even today. That's so funny. Uh, I, didn't, I, I never knew they were a game publisher as well. Yeah, I actually learned they made an. They made, I believe, the first MMO too, which is really interesting. Huh. I forget what it's called. I was reading about it. It's called uh, it America looked, Online. It was really, really bad. Apparently, uh, it was like so bad in terms of just stability. Here it is. It's called Meridian Fifty Nine. Interesting. Anyways, I actually may play that at some point just to kind of see. Oh, if there are, if there, are, I'm sure there are private servers, private servers for everything. But so um, this game is. Very interesting. It puts people on one side or the other. I did not get any feeling from anything that I read, reviews that I watched, or from my own experience that put me anywhere near the middle. People either you love mean this as far game. As, okay, loving or hating. Yeah, they either love or hate it. There's no middle ground where it's like I appreciate X, Y, and Z, um, but you know this can improve. No, it's it's pre- people were like this is this was the, the the downward slope to the rest of the series. This was you know after three it just falls off. And other people are saying no, no, this is kind of the dark horse of the series. People didn't give it a chance. Um, because apparently the launch of it was really, really bad. Apparently it didn't have multiplayer on release. It was it was almost unplayable to an extent. extent. Uh, the multiplayer is, is key. This series, uh, especially the third one, was great because of the hot seat play that you can play with your friends or even online. And so the fact that, that it came out without a multiplayer apparently pissed off a lot of people, and there was some major patching that 3DO had to do. Oh, wow, um, okay. Shortly afterwards. I can see that pissing people. Yeah, I mean, that seems like a... Like a, like a necessity. Like, you got to have multiplayer on, on this. Yeah. And, and on top of that, from what I was reading, is during the production of this game, 3D was actually going through bankruptcy. So they terminated a ton of people. Hmm. So from, from what I gathered, there was only a handful of developers, like two or three developers that actually worked on this game. And I believe one of them was named Rubber Ring. That's what I was referencing earlier. Um, <laughs> and so, so you, you, you definitely get that feeling. If, if you played the game, you'd say, something is just off. I don't fully understand what it is something's off and after i read that i said oh that makes perfect sense because you can definitely see that they were pushing uh innovation they were trying to do new things with the series they weren't trying to take the same recipe update the graphics maybe add a couple more heroes add a couple more maps no they actually tried to do something and i really appreciate some of the some of the things that they tried to do it just really didn't work out so well and this is obviously my opinion again there are people who really like this this title uh but I just wasn't a fan. There, there's so Heroes of Might and Magic Three. Uh, obviously, that is my my standard. That is my basis for this series. This Heroes of Might and Magic Three. The graphics were 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 good enough to where it doesn't bother you. They're not awful, but they're good enough to where you can understand what's going on. It's somewhat visually appealing, um, especially during combat. Heroes Four. They tried to jump the graphics a little much, and you get this. It's weird. So here, here's three. The open map is you're basically looking over the map, and you can kind of see all the different objectives in the area. And then you you move around as a little horseman, right? So you move around the map, you collect items, you may get combat, which combat turns into a Final Fantasy Tactics-esque battle. Huh. Um, in this one, the game starts, and it almost feels like the perspective of Warcraft 3. It's like this, okay. this same sort of view, but almost at a, a an angle. Not top-down, it's kind of at this odd angle. So you really can't understand what's going on around your character too much. The panning feels weird. It, it, and somebody, I, I read somebody wrote the wrote a review for it and they, they put it perfectly. The graphics, it seems like they tried to do too much with the graphics and ran out of time. 
and just kind of had to stop about 70% of the way there. <laughs> the things look good, but the angles are weird. Some of the motions are weird. It, it, it feels at times, especially during combat, like it's almost like stop motion or claymation. The characters <laughs> move kind of clunky and, and their movements aren't smooth. And it, it's really detrimental, especially when you're trying to jump the graphics, right? Because if you have good graphics, but they look this robotic kind of stick figure, it just doesn't look good. So, and that's the open world. In combat, it's even worse. And the camera is zoomed very far back. And it's really awkward. It, you, you don't really get a sense of which side you're on. You, you right. do because the camera's angled to one side, but it's just weird. And, and all of your minions, because of this angle, you're looking at the back of them. So, so right. if you wanted to see how badass your creatures look or your, your hero looks, you can't because <laughs> you're facing the back of it. it it's really disappointing. And especially since, again, you know, they, they push the graphics on this. So it's, you don't really get it, right? It's, it's just kind of bizarre. Mm -hmm. So the reason people like Heroes of My Magic 3 so much is because the, the complete version, which is the all the expansions together, is a pretty damn balanced game. There are some, some, some frustrating aspects of it. But to be honest, it's, it's a strategy-based game. And there's a lot of very unique strategies you can do. You can, just like StarCraft, Robert, you, you, you have all these different builds you can do. The heroes have these specialties, which can sort of align your strategy for the game. Maybe you're oriented for the early stages. Maybe you're going for mid-game build. Or maybe you're a psychopath and you're going for the late stages of the game and you want to do a 12-hour game, right? In this one, I feel like a lot of that was lost. It's, it's a little bit, at first, it's completely overwhelming. So you have, and this, I, I've talked about Heroes of My Magic before, you have a base that you construct. You have a hero that roams around the map to collect items. You also have an army that accompanies your hero. Your hero levels up. He gets stats. He gets certain abilities. Um, there's only the set amount. Uh, on top of that, you're, what else? You are, oh, fighting. Fighting is also very, you know, it's Final Fantasy Tactics, so you have to be very strategic. And they don't, when, when you're engaging in combat in these games, you don't know how many of the opponent there are. It uses vague terms like a few, which oh, right. can, can be a few, several, lots, pack, throng, horde, all these different meanings. And you know it's a, it's a, uh, it's a variant. So it's like from 50 to 100, right? Sure. So, which is fun. So you can kind of say, hmm, I think I can win this if it's on the low end of, of, of a horde, right? Or something <laughs> yeah. like that. In this one, it's just not there. So, so it, in Heroes 3, you have a hero, you have an army, right? And in this one, you can have a hero, you can have multiple heroes in a party. So you could just stack a bunch of heroes, which is really weird. Also, your, hero, your, your creatures can separate from your hero and go explore the map. Again, really weird. It, it, it just, it's... Wait, it's so, so, it's are you saying it, so are you saying that that makes it harder to figure out if you should fight a group, whether it says like a few or whatever, based on they might have more heroes than, than just one? Is that what you're no, saying? No, it, it almost, so it, it's weird. It just, there's so many options and most of them aren't fun and don't seem that strong. And what, what I found is in the early stages of the game, your hero is very weak, especially if you have multiple heroes. In the later stages of the game, you can pretty much just stack heroes into a party, and it's one of the most effective ways to go it. Pr pretty much saying <laughs> creatures fall off. And creatures were very, very cool in the first one. Creatures in the, excuse me, in the third one. In the third one, you built these creatures, and then at a certain point, you could upgrade them. In this one, they removed the upgrade factor of it, which is kind of disappointing because the upgrade usually gave the, the creatures something unique. For instance, Cavaliers, which is the, these mounted units, got this ability called Joust. It's a Joust mechanic. Very cool. I, I just learned about this, this this week. I actually didn't know how this mechanic worked. It is essentially if your unit moves, he does bonus damage. Joust, right? 
which adds strategy to it. So you may move closer to that guy so that he doesn't get the bonus, right? But at the same time, he could use it to his advantage. These kind of things were cool because as you upgraded the units, they all kind of got these flavor texts that gave them unique abilities. In, in the fourth installment, all the heroes have these unique abilities, but they're kind of overwhelming. They're, each creature has one for the most part. And again, you're, you're moving your creatures around the map separate from your hero. So on your turn, you're moving your hero, maybe a second hero, mm -hmm. and you're moving all your creatures around the map. That is your weird. Creatures, it is weird. It's, it's kind of overwhelming. This game, Heroes 3 was kind of the limit for me of how much shit I could possibly take in and still enjoy playing the game. Mm -hmm. it, it's kind of frustrating. And so the, the, the creatures, as they move around on their own, they can do everything except for capturing buildings and capturing castles. Capturing buildings meaning um, like lumber mill, stuff like that, resource stuff. So it's, eh, it's weird. It, it, I, again, I like that they tried to do some of this stuff, but it was poorly executed. And it yeah. just feels kind of clunky. It's the strategy. I, I watched a couple of quote-unquote professionals or people playing against each other. And I was like rubbing my ass. I'm like, what the hell is going on? This guy's turn is so long. He's doing so many different <laughs> things. And, and both of them are kind of doing the same thing, which is really disappointing because when you, see, when you play a strategy game, you want to see variance, right? You don't want to see X versus X. You want to see a variance in builds. You want to see different creativity to it. And it, it just it feels like there's very cookie-cutter builds in this game, and a lot of the rest of it is just kind of watered down. Yeah. I read that the story is pretty good. I wasn't going to do the story because, and I say do the story because there are just blocks of text. Some of the text oh, are no. like four or five paragraphs long. And I'm like, <laughs> You're like, I don't I'm care. Not, right. I'm not reading this. The campaign is fun. Um, it's, it's about as fun as the third one. There's not, these games aren't known for their, for their story. They're known primarily for, for the multiplayer aspect of it. Um, you also have less creatures overall. There's less creature types. Oops, sorry, I'm going to get my... It's not like somebody dropped a tray of ice cubes. Oh, uh, no, Lisa's moving her chair on. Okay. Uh, so there's less creatures, and there's no upgrades to the creatures. I feel like they wanted to put the creatures into the back back seat, which it's kind of frustrating to me, because the, the heroes synergized with the creatures, which created this really cool army, and a lot of times your strategy was built around what your hero's specialty was in combination with the diff different faction you were. Um, trying to think what else was... Music was great. I will say the music oh, is cool. some of the best music I've, I've in all these series. Third one was great. Uh, this one I think is better. It felt like they invested a lot of time in the music, which kind of made me scratch my head because again, bankruptcy, small party, right. small staff. Let's focus on the music, especially since this game is so so gameplay focused. Um, what else? Oh, uh, one of the things that I was kind of appreciative of is in combat they added a line of sight feature. Uh, so ranged units can't just pelt people across the map if there are objects like stones and trees in the way. Found that pretty cool. Uh, it is kind of hard at times to tell if your creature is going to have line of sight because of this oddball camera. Again, it's very zoomed out. So it's kind of it's kind of like a double-edged. It's kind of like interesting, but at the same time, not executed very well. On top of that, so the graphics went up, but I, the town. So when you go zone into your town, you construct buildings. Obviously, your base builds up. It gets prettier. It looks cooler. Uh -huh. In this one, I didn't feel like my base was that cool to begin with. And as I built more buildings, I wasn't really impressed with it. I feel like the the ones from Hero Three, the towns were much more cool. They they, they just the the music paired with the visuals for the towns in the third one, I felt it was, was executed really well. In this one, I was kind of like, okay, the music's cool, but the visuals just don't really capture me the same way that they do in the other one. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm trying to think what else there really was. I mean, I probably will not give this game another shot. Uh, it just, 
You probably will it not. It just wasn't there. No, it, yeah. it really it, it like just wasn't there. It, it didn't capture me. And I know, again, there are a lot of people who really enjoy this game. It, it just it just didn't do it for me. Uh, I think, you know, there's a lot of people that always that argue in this series, There's a, it's kind of like a cult, Robert. Like, the, people are huge big fans of the third one, and people criticize them for it because they're like, oh, you're just a bunch of bandwagons. I really do think the third one is is very, very well executed. And this leads into, again, I played the third one. In the last 10 days, I have guarantee you I've played at least 25 hours. I have played numerous maps. I've played through a majority of the campaign. <laughs> I have done so many. And what's so fun is you remember back when you and I were playing StarCraft 2 together, mm-hmm. and we would talk about these really interesting concepts for builds, oh, right. and then we'd test them against each other. This is what I've been doing. It is so fun. There is <laughs> such great. a variance. It's so exciting because I'm like thinking, I'm like looking through all the different heroes and I'm like, okay, this would be interesting. I I literally have looked at the heroes and gone, which one looks the worst? How can I make this work? And it's just, it's so fun to do it. On top of that, the community, again, it's very cult focused. It is a very large community, oddly enough, for Heroes of Might Magic 3. There are tons of maps and different edits and patches that you can download to change the game up. And it's just (laughs) endless. I mean, it's a massive community. And when I say massive, I, I don't mean like MMO status, but it's massive for a game that's 20 years old and is still getting this much attention. It's super cool. It's exciting. So I'm going to continue to play the third one. I still think it's the better of the two. I'm going to play the fifth one here in the next future or in the near future. And I may continue on to the sixth and seventh one. I won't talk about them during this section of the podcast because they're, they're not old enough to my knowledge. Uh, But obviously I'll talk about it. What is it? What do we call it? The uh, current gaming subcast. Current gaming subcast. Thank you. Um, you knew that. All in all, if you enjoy the third one uh, and you like the style, the recipe of Heroes of Might and Magic, you will enjoy this game. If you loved Heroes of Might and Magic 3 for, for all it encompasses, you may not enjoy this one as much. It's kind of the, the takeaway, if you will. It doesn't sound like a lot of people would really like it based on how you described it. I'm telling you, the stuff I've been reading, people, some people really like it. So weird. I know, but, and I don't want to, you know, I obviously don't want to insult anybody, but it's just, it just did not do it for me. Huh. Well, that, kind of, pl- that sucks. I've played most of them. The only one I think I haven't played is six. I played seven. I played five before. Um, yeah. Okay. So is, so I know we've talked about this a little bit, three or two, which one do you like the best right now? Three, and what's funny is another interesting point is the second one a lot of people really enjoy, and that's something yeah. I'm actually looking forward to playing. I believe somebody wrote in the podcast talking about the second one. How yeah, much I, thought you had, I thought you had gone back and played that one. Have you not? Did I play the second I may have, <laughs> I have played the first one or the second one recently. Let's see. I thought you had played both the second and the third. Robert, at my old age, my memory is just not what it used to be. I know. I actually watched a partial playthrough of Speedrun of yours in my measure too recently. It's, it's very oh, interesting wow. to watch. They take some. They take some ballsy risks at points. Oh, was it, was it this one or the first one? I think it was the second one. Yeah, it was definitely the second one. Okay. I may take. I may. I may. But take the third one. It, sound, it sounds like the third one is your is your game. Right? Yeah, probably. But some. I was listening to a guy talk about the second one today, and he really sold it to me. So okay. I may give it a shot. Go back. To Anyways, you're right back to it. You know, Robert. Okay. All right, very nice. Time to talk about our top fives. The top five list for this episode is games that we'd like to give a second chance. So uh, games that 
we didn't love, maybe, you know, not necessarily disliked, but, you know, maybe we weren't, you know, just super impressed with them or we were impressed, but we just didn't, you know, enjoy them all that much for whatever reason. Uh, we, we, after having, yeah, since the time that we've played them, we now think that it's a game that we'd like to go back and try again, see if we like it a little bit more. Uh, I guess just the main point here is we're not talking about like games that we really like that we just want to play again. Yeah, and kind of like what I was talking about before the podcast, this was a tough list for me. It, it really is. And, it, and the reason is most of the games that I do not like or that I that I stated that I did not enjoy in the podcast, I have very little interest in trying again. Yeah. The only real exa- the only real situation I have for this one was games that I played when I was into playing something else mm-hmm. and may have otherwise enjoyed it, if that makes sense. Sure, yeah. I, I think okay. that kind of... Okay. One, one or two... I think... Uh, Maybe I'd say two of mine are sort of kind of like what you just said. All right, so uh, games that we would like to give us second chance. Number five, uh, I I am going first. I'm going to go with Fear. Ooh, you didn't finish Fear. No, I didn't even get very far into it. I You and Blake on one episode really talked a whole lot about how good this game was. And, uh, and, uh, it may not hold up well, to be honest with you, though. Well, I, was, I played it after it came out. Well, I think everybody's played it after it came out. You know what I mean, I guess. <laughs> uh, so, and uh, so I, I, it wasn't like immediately then, but at some point I eventually tried playing Fear. And I never talked about it on the podcast because I didn't really get, I only played, I probably only played like an hour or so. And I just wasn't feeling it. Oh, wow. And, you know, most of it was probably, I probably just really didn't give it enough chance to pick up. It did feel a little bit outdated, but, you know, I mean, obviously that's expected because it's, kind of old it's not an old game but it's a little bit old um but yeah i think i really just didn't give it the chance that it deserves and i sort of just never went back to it so i don't i'm not like dying to go back and try this or anything but uh i i would say that i i, I feel i sort of feel like it deserves a second chance from me All interesting right. number five uh, my number five. Um, so I'm going to start by I do not want anybody to hold me accountable for ever playing these games again. Uh-oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Please don't hold us accountable. <laughs> please don't. <laughs> please don't. Please don't make me do it. <laughs> uh, my number five is Final Fantasy Tactics. You guys know how much I hate this game. Um, you know, I have to give it another shot. <laughs> I, I don't get a chance to play this game enough. Um, Final Fantasy Tactics A1 or A2. Uh, okay. These are... I've talked about these games countless times about how much I hate them, but I still get that itch like, oh, maybe now that I'm a little bit older, I'll enjoy it because Final Fantasy Tactics is such a great game. And every time I go into it, it's like, I know what's going to happen. I know where it's going. And <laughs> yep. then I play it. And I'm like, why the fuck did I put myself through that again? Oh, man. So it's on my list. I, at some point, will have to play these games. There, I can, Any of the ones that came after Final Fantasy Tactics, honestly, A1, A2, or Advanced, I think, were the three titles. All of them, in my mind, are disgusting for different reasons but i will in the future play it play one of them again i don't know which wow. one i'll probably see somebody speedrunner to do something very interesting be like oh that looks fun and <laughs> that would actually make me enable me to actually get through the game yeah Ugh. all right number four i'm gonna go with zach mccracken and the alien mind benders interesting this is a lucasarts point and click adventure game a very very early lucasarts point and click adventure game uh, I believe it did come after uh, Maniac Mansion. I can't remember now. It, they were back-to-back. I can't remember which one came first. I'm pretty sure this one was second. But it's not a great game. Um, it is 
very well known amongst you know uh, point and click adventure fans. It is a pretty well known game for its humor. It it kind of has the same sort of feel as Maniac Mansion and you know a lot of the later more famous LucasArts adventure games. So it has a lot of things going for it. The problem with this one is that this was before LucasArts uh, implemented their like you know no dead ends basically uh, game design. Pol- uh, not, not policy, but like game design sort of theory, I guess. Uh, <clears throat> which, of course, is, you know, different <clears throat> from like a lot of other publishers. Sierra, for instance, where you can come into a dead end in those games and not even know it. Or you can die and all that kind of stuff. Zach McCracken, there are many, many, many ways you can come to dead ends. They, they took a design philosophy, which was much more like just let the player do whatever they want. So if you have like a piece of paper and you need it for the game, but you want to put it in a fire and burn it, it's like, oh, if that's the player, if that's what they want to do, just let them do it. As opposed to, well, crap, that's going to destroy their game. We shouldn't let them do that. Uh, I, I can I can understand, you know, this is before they sort of figured that out. So I can understand why they have that stuff. So it's kind of like just letting you have the freedom to do whatever you want without really thinking like, oh, crap, we're kind of destroying the game for, for people who do this kind of stuff. So I would like to... I played this very early on for the podcast, and uh, you know that was my complaint, is that you can screw up your game so easily. What I would like to do is not necessarily play it again, per se, but maybe like use a walkthrough and play through it. Because it is a funny game. It's got some really neat stuff. Uh, the, the art style is, is really cool. I would like to go back and play through the game with a walkthrough without having to worry about screwing up my game. Just to see like, kind of what, the, what, what sort of like funny stuff happens in this one. So this one's kind of a cheating one because I'm not really playing per se. I'm just sort of like going through the whole game. Uh, but I would, but I would like to just to kind of see what it does. What do you have for number four? Uh, my number four is uh day of sex. The one that came out in 2000. Ooh, wow. um, yeah. I, it's been, a, I played uh, one of the more recent ones, probably like, uh, probably like six or eight years ago. Now uh, more recent, obviously six, eight years, but, Anyways, uh, I played the one that came out in 2000 for a very short amount of time. It was a buddy of mine. We, we bought it, or we, I think we bought it or borrowed it from somebody. Played through the first couple hours of it, and we were both just like, what? And and I was just like, I'm done. I, I can't do this. So <laughs> what was so crazy, though, is I recently watched somebody playing it. I, I didn't realize they were playing that specific one. It's the original, right? Yeah, the original yeah. one that came out in 2000. Yeah, and I was watching, it and I was like, "Oh, that actually was kind of fun." And he was like, kind of talking talking about the game and talking about the story a little bit. And I was like, "Oh, that that's very cool." I'm like, "Oh, that must be the, the one from like you know, 2000 something." And I'm like, "Holy shit, that came out 18 years ago." I was like, "Okay, at, at some point in the future, I'm gonna need to give this another try." And, and I've actually had it recommended to me by by some of my friends as well. They're big fans of the Deus Ex series. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, you know, I played this one not too long ago for the podcast, and it was it did not hold up for me. Really, it's that bad. I, yeah. I vaguely remember you talking about I'm trying to. We, we we talk so much shit about games. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um, it just. I wouldn't say it's so bad. I would just say it doesn't come together very well. That's that's kind of how I would describe it. Okay. Um. Yeah, that's. I, I don't want to rehash everything that I said about it. But oh, you're good. Yeah, it just for me, it didn't hold up. Number three for me is I'm going to go with <clears throat> really any one maybe of the first few entries of this series, but I'm just going to say the first one because that's probably where I would start if I did go back to this one is uh, Might and Magic. 
Oh. Not Heroes. The, the RPG. Yeah, the, RPG. RP, the RPG. This is such a classic series. Um, you know, this is, of course, like the first-person perspective where you have a party of typically like four. Do they all have four? You're, you have four characters in basically all I these, think, right? I uh, the one that I played the most, you can actually have five. Oh, you. wow, really? Well, typically you can have four in most of these, correct? Uh, I've only played three installments. I, I can't, I can't okay. on that one. I'm sorry. Well, I uh, think that's one, the case. Five. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, I bought these on uh, GOG, of course, a while back and I sort of like just blew through them way too fast. Like I didn't play the whole thing. I'd played like one for like 20 minutes and then I was like, mm, let's check out the next one. I played that one for like 15 or 20 minutes. All right, let me check out the next one. I really, that was really just stupid. Honestly, <laughs> I <Yeah>. need to, like, <laughs> like with this series. There's so much to these games. Yeah, I really need to go back and give these another fair shake. Uh, and I think it'd be fun to kind of play one of these, again, sort of like classic style first-person RPGs that you just really don't see anymore. So it looks like number eight was the first one where you had five players. Okay. Um, I, I love these games. I eight, I played eight, seven, and nine, I want to say. Eight is my favorite one without question. And one of my favorite mechanics about the game is if you hit enter, the game goes into turn base. What? Like what? It I, goes thought they, from being, I thought they were all turn-based. No, you can not. have it where it's action, where you're running around and like shooting and stuff, and your characters, like, kind of, it's like turn-based, but not not really. I mean, your, your characters just have recharge time. You can move around without without the enemies like doing it. Oh, interesting. Okay, I didn't know that. Eight, eight is a, I love eight. I've beaten eight like many times, full playthroughs. Okay. I've heard nine and six. I think six is supposed to be like the fan favorite, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, that's good to know. All right, number three for you. <laughs> On a similar note, um, this is Heroes of Might Magic 5. Um, as I was kind of alluding to a little while ago, I want to give more of this series a shot to give the trophy to Heroes of Might Magic 3 in an honest way, I guess. Uh -huh. um, so I'm going to play the fifth one here. I, I, I played a little bit. I, so after I got burned on the fourth one, I was like, I'm going to try the fifth one. It's got to be a lot better. So I jumped into it for a little bit. I was like, okay, I'm going to pull the brakes and I'm going to come back when I'm in a more positive mindset. Mm -hmm. So... Probably within the next couple episodes, I will play the fifth one and uh, discuss it. Talk about all the wonderful, hopefully wonderful things about it. Sweet. We're looking. At, we're all looking forward to it, Jay. <laughs> yeah, sure you are. <laughs> Jay's gonna rage. All right, my number two is, I, I've kind of talked about this one. I think it was on my top 100 list. I, I put it on there, even though I didn't absolutely love the game when I played it for the podcast. I put it on my top 100 list because I was like, Kind of in retrospect, I sort of thinking back and like, you know, I think this was, even though I sort of, I still stand by my criticism of the game, I, I, I think I should give it a little bit more credit overall. And that is Super Mario RPG. Very good game. I didn't really like the, uh, the, the actual, um, like battle mechanics. Wow. Really? Yeah. I, I remember you not loving this game, but I didn't know you disliked. Well, I mean, no, I didn't. I, I, I did. I, I didn't dislike the game. I okay. didn't care for the the battles. The game, the, the rest of the game, and even the battles. I, I wouldn't say they were terrible, but I, I got bored by them. Uh, the rest of the game surrounding that basically was awesome. I love the story. It's got so many funny moments. Uh, it's just it's just like a really really fun game overall all around except for again the battles I kind of got lost I just didn't care for them but I don't know I, f I feel like I sh 
first off, I feel like I should give it a little bit more credit than I did. And second of all, I'd like to try it again to see if maybe I just wasn't in the mood for an RPG or something at the time. And the battles are maybe better than I thought they were. It's so funny because when I play that game, the battle system is one of the things I look forward to most. Really? <laughs> I love it. I think it's so fun. I love the interactive key key um, inputs. I love that combat style. It's not something that I want to do 24-7, but when I get that itch, it's there. <laughs> One 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 thing that uh, that I will stand by is that the battle music is fucking annoying. Really? Oh, it is extremely repetitive. That's right. It is yes. a very short track. Okay. Very. You, I, I I can understand that. I do like the victory music. Uh, how does that go? I don't remember that. Do you remember? I'm not off the top of your head. Can't do it. Just go. How does it go? I'm not doing this. I, I, I'm not confident in my ability to do it. I'm sorry. Does it go do, 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 Yeah, oh, you nailed it perfectly. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number two. Uh, number two. So I, I'm surprised that you have mentioned this before to me, but I, I don't feel like I gave Metal Gear Solid a, an honest shot. Um, I, I, I was it. actually wondering if this would be on your list. Yeah, I, I have to give it a fair shot. It, it's not. I, I didn't dislike playing Metal Gear Solid, but it was a... a it was difficult just due to the controls. The controls really threw it. It was difficult for me. Mm-hmm. It, it was mm-hmm. it was definitely challenging. So I think if I'm in the right mindset, I hope, I think I would enjoy. I, I just want to get through one of them because I think if I can get through one of them, I would enjoy the rest of them, if that makes sense. If you kind of get your, your, your footing. Yeah, you played so you played two. Yes. And um Yeah, you you, you like barely scraped the surface. Which is so interesting because it felt so long. <laughs> it's really weird. It is funny because you didn't. Because I remember you didn't even get to like. I don't want to spoil it for you, but you you play as a second character. Yeah, no, you told me that much before. And you like, and and that's like basically ninety percent of the game. <laughs> that's so crazy. I mean, oh man, that is so crazy. And you also said like. I loved how straightforward the story was, <laughs> which like anybody who's familiar with the series or that even just that game in particular, like that's actually a hilarious thing to hear somebody say because <laughs> it is the that whole series has the most ridiculous story of any game series ever made, basically. Yeah. Like it starts, you know, it starts off just like you said, but like any bit further and it starts going like just completely exactly. off the deep end. That's, that's so funny though. Like, it, like with just the scope that I had, it's like, yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. I, I can understand that. That's a good one. All right. My number one is this. Is, I did not dislike this game, <clears throat> but this particular game is one that you really have to spend a lot of time with to, to really appreciate it. And, and, and maybe even, well, I'd say, and you should also do, uh, even though I did do kind of a lot of research on the game before I played it and during, I feel like it's one of those games that you you probably have to do more than I did. And that is NetHack. Yeah. Uh, the ori- well, not the original, but basically the original roguelike. Uh, Rogue, of course, is the original roguelike. And NetHack sure. is just basically an improved version of Rogue. And uh, I-, I played this a while back on the podcast, and I didn't dislike it. But I kind of got tired of it because I kept dying early on. And I was like, well, you know, I kept doing kind of like st- probably just like stupid stuff that any somewhat seasoned NetHack player would know. Like, I, I'm just kind of like playing like an idiot, basically. And so I did not get to really experience the full breadth of like what makes NetHack so fun. Um, 
I would like to walk, watch some tutorials, then go through it and get a little bit more serious about it. Especially now that over the past couple of years, I've really gotten a lot more interested in roguelikes in general, like the classic style yeah, really roguelikes. Um, like I love at, like any basically anything ASCII based or or very similar to ASCII based or like rudimentary tile based, and you know obviously permadeath and and like you know not and you know randomized things and not knowing like what this potion is that you're picking up and that kind of stuff. Uh, anything from NetHack to Brogue to Dwarf Fortress to uh, stuff like that. Um, I, I've really been playing a lot of that kind of stuff lately. So I would, I, I, at some point, and this is definitely the most likely that I'll return to out of all of these that I've listed, uh, I really do want to go back to NetHack and kind of get a little bit deeper into it, really understand what I'm doing in the game and, uh, and give it like a more serious shot. Yeah, see, I think that's that's kind of my, my bottom line with a lot of these. I really want to give them a serious shot, like a real shot. Uh-huh. All right, uh, yeah. my number one. Uh, my number one is Chrono Cross. Chrono Cross. Oh, wow, that's a good one. It's a tough one. So Chrono Cross is notorious for people hating it because right. if you compare it to, to, to Chrono Trigger, it's just it's not even close. But I think Chrono Cross has enough redeeming qualities. Uh, redeeming is kind of a strong word. It has enough qualities. To where I can actually <laughs> get far enough into the game. I do like the aspect of Chrono Cross that there's a lot of characters. The music's great. The combat system is, it's a little wonky. And it, it's funny because when I first played it, I had no fucking idea what the battle system was. And by the battle system, I mean the, the element system, whatever it's called, where the elements change throughout the battle. I didn't really understand it. And I just kind of mashed my way through it. And then I played recently and I tried to get a better understanding of it. And I kind of got it, but I was like, this is weird. So I was like, okay, let me read about it. And I'm reading about it. And I'm like, oh. It's just that. It's just not really that good. It's just meh. So I think the music, the the amount of characters that you can acquire, and some other little minor things in the game, as long as I can get past the first couple hours of the game, I think I could get into it enough to to do a solid playthrough. It's it's likely that I will play it. It's unlikely that I will beat it. Put it that way. Sure, yeah. Is it? Is it? I mean, I know it's kind of like an average. It's 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 not a super long RPG. It's like an average, like 30, 40 hour RPG, right? It's one of those ones where you can get many different characters and you have multiple different paths. So oh, I believe, really? Okay. Yes, I believe uh, that you can beat the game rather quickly if you'd like to. And by rather quickly, I would estimate. Let, let's let's go with this. I'm going to estimate that you can beat the game in thirty hours. Let's see. Okay. Run across average. I remember, I remember Blake talking very poorly about this game. Yeah, he. I believe he cleared it like fully, if I'm not mistaken. I think that, he that probably did. Blake, yeah. So, yeah. Let's see. Game lengths. Average playthrough for Chrono. Oops, I put Chrono Trigger out of habit. My apologies. Chrono Cross. About oh, 44 and a half hours. Chrono okay. Trigger is only 22 and a half. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, it's minimum, surprisingly minimum short. I'm 40. Minimum time 40, average 44. Okay, so it's off about 15 hours. Right. I'm surprised. Okay. Okay. Cool. So do you do you realistically see yourself going back and playing that? Yes. I realistically think I will play it some... Probably, I would say within the next 18 months, I will, I will play this again. Oh, cool. Like I said, I, I will more than likely play it. I more than likely will not beat it. <laughs> yeah. Because I just feel like I'm going to get to the same roadblocks at a certain point. I would like to hear a little bit more about this game again. You know, because there are some people who really like this game. I know that that's part of the reason. Is like, it's 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 interesting. Like, I in my mind, I'm like, I'm never playing this. Game. I'm not specific of Chrono Cross, but there are games I'm like never playing that game again. You couldn't convince me. You couldn't threaten me to play that game. 
And then I listen to somebody talk about it who really enjoys it, and I'm like, okay, okay. I see you. Like, I, I get it. Like, you're talking about some positive qualities that I can kind of get on board for, and it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Good list. You too. Time for emails. First email. We have three. First one what? is... I am disappointed. I'm a little everybody. bit... I, You know, I got to say I'm a little bit uh, disappointed also. Uh, first one comes from Ryan. Ryan says, time for another amazing email. You're welcome. Thank you, Ryan. We appreciate it. The oddest game I saw during RPG Limit Break last week was Barkley Shut Up and Jam Gaiden. <laughs> this... I remember him writing it about RPG RPG Limit Break. Wasn't that kind of like a um, speedrun type thing for RPGs? Do you remember? I, I remember him talking about it. I don't remember exactly what it was. I'm Googling it. I can I hear believe, you. I believe you're on the... Uh, let's see. On the right track, at least. Uh, RPG, a week-long marathon of RPG speedruns. Yes, you are okay. Oh, wow. Okay, nice. Barkley Shut Up and Jam Gaiden. It is an RPG that obviously has Charles Barkley as a playable character. Most of the sprites are lifted from other games, and the dialogue is fairly silly. I can only imagine. The couch commentary was by far the best part. Did I mention that Space Jam is canon for this game? <laughs> that should tell you how silly it is. Wait, so this is is this like a ROM hack? Or, this is not a real game. I cannot imagine, I, right? I don't believe so. I was going to say, based on what you said, I don't believe yeah, so. Yeah, I'm not even going to look it up. <laughs> okay. Which brings me to a question for you. Which, uh, What is it about an odd or weird game that you know you shouldn't like but you feel drawn to it at, but you feel drawn to it to at least try it out. Basically, what attracts you to the game? Ooh, if I had, if if it's something I played when I was younger and it has, like, maybe it may not be that great of a game, but I'm still drawn to it. It's usually nostalgia. If you really just kind of boil it down to, to, to its basic element, but for a game that I haven't played, what draws me to it? Usually like, for well, me, it's I don't know play. if it necessarily has to be one that you. Well, okay, yeah, I guess to at least. Try I was gonna say yeah. his last couple sentences there kind of gave me the gave me that feeling. something that's would, odd or weird. Yeah, for for me it has to. Oh, odd or weird, man. Oof. Well, I got an answer for this one. <laughs> go for it. No, no, go right ahead. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to fall back to Honey Pop on this. Oh my! So part of the reason that I wanted to try out, I, I so okay, I think the answer to my to this question, why what is it that uh, about an odd or weird game that you know you shouldn't like but you feel drawn to it? is one uh i wanted to see what like i knew this wasn't a type of game that i typically play and i was really interested in seeing like a you know as far as this type of genre like a prime version of this type of game to kind of see what what other people who like this these types of games like if that makes sense like i i knew this was not the type of game that i typically play but i'm like well I like trying new stuff and I like seeing what other people, I, I like kind of like stepping outside of what I'm used to from, from time to time. I just kind of want to, want to see what, a, what this type of game is like in general, or at least what a, what a good version of this type of game is like. It's part of it is curiosity. Um, and then also like a lot of the times for games like that are odd or weird in some way that 
alone is what draws me to them. The fact that they are odd or weird. Um, because I've, what I've found, and it's not really consciously, but what I've discovered is that I kind of, uh, I'm just naturally drawn to odd or weird games and not, and I don't even mean that in a way, like not even niche games, but like some games that are extremely popular in an odd or weird way. Like for instance, the Metal Gear Solid series, very odd or weird game. That doesn't mean it's like niche or it's odd or weird in a way that turns people off. Ridiculously popular. Yeah. It's ridiculously popular. But it is part, well, very much so because of how odd or weird it is. Same with, uh, to some degree, to, to a lesser degree, but still to some degree, the Monkey Island series. It's uh, it's not a typical, like, hero game. It's kind of a funny, weird experience. And, that's, and I like games that kind of, that aren't straightforward... Uh, you know, super heroic or or even just only funny, but they kind of try to strike a balance between being, they try to strike some sort of strange balance between weirdness and action or weirdness and like good storytelling in the sense of uh, yeah. uh, Monkey Island. I guess that's that's the best answer that I can come up with for that. Yeah, that's tough. I'm trying to think of something that draws me to games that's kind of weird or odd. I mean, the oddest thing that I can think of is, in certain cases, I will go back and replay games just, just because the music kind of draws me in. The gameplay might be mediocre or, or kind of average, but if there's some good music, I'll, there are times when I will drag myself back through some old games and be like, what was I thinking? I could have just listened to the soundtrack on YouTube, but there are some old games that I will specifically play just to listen to, to kind of play the game and almost immerse yourself with the music, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I can't really think of anything beyond that. I'm trying to think of, I, I don't want to fluff anything. That's sure. kind of what I can provide for that. Yeah. Okay. He says, I got through Kirby Planet Robobot during my flights over the Atlantic last week. That's a fun little game. I collected all the code cubes without a walkthrough. So needless to say, I feel fairly accomplished. I may not, I, I may be, <laughs> I may be the best ever. Not that I'm bragging. <laughs> On a serious note, I enjoyed it, but I'm not sure about the replay value of the game. It was fun to play uh, through once. I've played a little bit of uh, Kirby Planet Robobot, um, but I haven't gotten too far on it. It is a fun game. He says, I'm continuing to slowly grind my way through Bravely Default. Ah, here we go. Ooh. Unfortunately, money is hard to come by. Yes, it is. And my and I got my village built up, uh, built up fast, so I bought some items that are super expensive, which, which has kind of hamstrung me on funds. However, I hit like a Mack truck for all that's worth. The coolest job combo I've found so far is Monk slash Spell Sword. Oh, I used that for one of my guys. Cast a spell on your Fists of Fury and you can almost one-shot all enemies. Which, Robert, goes to show that monks are badass. <laughs> that's funny because I use that exact same combination on one of my characters. He's the Monk slash Spell Sword. And when I'm doing like random encounters throughout the world... I have spell sword as his uh, as his primary class and monk as his uh, job command, which is basically a secondary class. So that way, I am leveling up the spell sword because monk is already pretty leveled because you get that one a whole lot earlier. And then when I'm fighting like bosses, then I switch it the other way around, and I use monk because that's straight up more powerful. But then he still has the the support abilities or the spells rather from spell sword, so he can do more. You're not leveling up spell sword anymore, but for, but for boss battles, it's good that way because you do a whole bunch more damage. If you have monk, uh, if you have monk assigned as his primary job, I'm guessing Ryan probably does it very similar to that. But yeah, I'm using that, and and even I'm using spell sword on one of my other characters as well. The one that's normally a knight, I have him. 
leveling up random encounters as a spell sword also because he doesn't do a ton of damage because he's mostly a tank. So I feel like I kind of need spell sword for him uh, just to kind of do a little bit more like the monk. I'm, I'm leveling. I, I have him doing spell sword so he can do like massive damage. The knight really doesn't do a whole bunch of damage. So I have spell sword sort of just to get him back up to par almost. So when I'm doing random encounters, I actually have two spell swords. I have one spell sword monk and one spell sword uh, knight. And then I switch both of those when I do boss encounters. Uh, he says, I could only come up with four games that I wanted to give a second chance to. I'm sure there are others, but this list will do. Hopefully you all don't ban me for my number one. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm really looking forward to see what this is. All right. Number four, Tales of Destiny. So many good games came out in 1998 that this one got buried in my to-play stack. I played it a little, but never got around to really getting into it. I should have taken pause and tried it again when I was when I was selling the game in 2003 and they offered me a lot for it at the store. I don't think anything of it. I, I didn't think anything of it and took the money, but now I kind of regret it, especially with all the Tales games that have been coming out recently. I'm starting to think I missed out on something. I don't, I'm not familiar with this game, are you? No, I'm not. I'll look it up real quick. Tales of Destiny. It was a uh, it was an RPG, as you could probably tell just from the title. It was PlayStation. Okay, it originally came out on PlayStation, huh? No, I'm not. I am not familiar with this game. It looks very well. What? Huh? It's got a really. Uh, it's got like a cute art style, but the um, who made this? Okay, it's not Square Enix, but like the um, the like like stat screen and all that kind of stuff looks exactly like some of the old Final Fantasy games. Where it's got like the blue boxes, you know, with like the white text and the white borders and that kind of stuff. All right, so number four is Tales of Destiny. Number three, Secret of Evermore. I love Secret of Mana, so I thought Secret of Evermore would be more of that. Wrong. It was so different that by the time I had struggled to the Roman era, I was done. I watched a speedrun of it last year, and it was kind of fun to watch, so maybe I should give it another try. This wasn't the only Christmas ruined by Squaresoft. I'm looking at you, Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. Ooh, that's a very good criticism. Is Mystic Quest bad? Is that what a bad one? Mystic Quest is, if you hold down A, you'll beat the game. It's it's a really bad turn-based RPG. It's it's like, it's the most watered-down. It's so bad. It's like Final Fantasy 1 watered-down in terms of, like, gameplay. It's just so simple. I thought Final Fantasy 1 was hard. It can be in later stages. Well, I guess that's that's probably not true. Actually, you're right. You know what? Mr. Quest is worse than Final Fantasy. Is this... Mr. Quest... <laughs> you don't even roam around the map. You, you, you travel between nodes. There's not even an open world. It's, it's... Give it a try sometime. It's one of those games you can play on your phone. And it's a Game Boy game, right? Uh, Super Nintendo. Mr. Quest is Super Nintendo? Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and uh, the comparison between Secret of Mana and Secret of Evermore, I, I usually find people in one or two camps. I do not think Secret of Evermore is the best game ever made. I don't think it's even that high quality of a game, but I super much so enjoy it. I don't enjoy Super Secret of Mana for some odd reason. I think I have something wrong with my brain. Um, so I can completely understand that. I also think there's something wrong with your brain. No, oh, of course. Number two, Battle of Olympus. I was not a fan of The Adventure of Link, so a game that shamelessly copies it also didn't fare well in my court of opinion. However... Last month, Retronauts mentioned it during their podcast about broader... Wait, hold on. You're listening to another podcast? Yeah. It's not okay. This is not... No. Stop reading me. <laughs> on to Chase the Night Cleaner. 
I'm kidding. No, Robert. <laughs> uh, however, last month, Retronauts mentioned it during their podcast about Broderbund. They talked it up uh, saying they all really liked it, and that is often overlooked. I've been thinking about giving Zelda 2 another shot anyway, so why not Battle of Olympus? All right, fair enough. I'm not familiar with Battle of, uh, of Olympus. <laughs> oh, wow. It's number one. You ready for this? Way to read ahead of time. Bob. Oh, shit. You ready? Yeah. Final Fantasy 7. Interesting. Your your uh, reaction was not as I, I want to hear the explanation. Okay. I want to hear the explanation. He says, put the pitchforks away. I know for a See? lot of, <laughs> I know for a lot of people it is the favorite Final Fantasy, but the blocky 3D just doesn't do it for me. However, I want to give it another chance. Everyone I have talked to that has played through the game tell me it is fantastic other than the horrendously long summoning animations. <laughs> yes. You know and those are long, yeah, but they don't even I don't even remember really being bothered by them until honestly the final battle of the game. What? You're crazy. Like, Bahamut Zero, every time you're like, do I really want to waste 180 seconds watching this picture? <laughs> is there, I don't remember. So, so it is that oh, bad? It is no, that a bad. lot of the... Yeah, and the worst part <laughs> okay. is, as you progress through the game, you're thinking you're going to get these kick-ass summons, you're going to use more and more, and you're like, yeah, no. They're <laughs> <laughs> so long. Like, Knights of the Round, FF7 duration. <laughs> so it's not like... um Maybe, you know, I maybe I just wasn't using a summoner on my playthrough or something like that. Because all I remember no, is the final. No I remember, huh? There are no summoning. Well, he says there's a summon. Yeah, you get summons, but you don't have a summoning class. Oh, really? You just, okay. You just trade around material. Oh my gosh, Robert! People are gonna make fun of you forever for that. <laughs> the the main thing I remember as far as this goes is on the final battle where he does like yeah. the um the like the meteor oh, what is it called? or whatever the planet destroyer, it's like comet yeah. or something. <laughs> It's like it starts off in outer space and shows like a thing flying through and basically destroys the whole universe. It's 94 seconds long. <laughs> Which one is? Knights of the Round. <laughs> it is a very cool summon. It's it's every it's every knight from the round table comes in and just shit kicks the boss. <laughs> and then they sit and have a cup of tea and talk oh, about Oh, it's so cool. it is so the first time you see it especially when uh I bl- uh, who's the lead of the Knights of the Round table? Uh, uh Arthur Arthur. Arthur comes in and he gives him the old one too. <laughs> I do not remember that. I don't know how. Actually, it's about a hundred. It's about eighty-five seconds long or eighty seconds long. Okay. He said, and then finally, as a self-proclaimed Final Fantasy fanboy, I need to play through this one. Yeah, especially if you're going to say you're a Final Fantasy fanboy, you have to. I mean, yeah, I can. First of all, yes, I agree. You have to play through this one, especially if you are a Final Fantasy fan. It is fun to 100% too. And some of the summons, like Hades in particular, are so cool. I, I like some of the oddball summons and just some of the farming stuff you can do. Oh, I w- me want to play this now. I will say I do, though. I understand. He said, well, I don't feel this way, but I do understand what he's saying. He says his problem with it was the was like the blocky 3D graphics. Yeah, like, yeah. There, like that doesn't bother me, but I know what you mean because there are things like that on some games that that do bother me as well. I can't think of any particular uh, examples right now, but I guess one one would be like a lot of the Genesis graphics. A lot of those just turn me off instantly, <laughs> and like I can appreciate. Yeah, there are probably very good game mechanics in this or that game, but like sometimes if a game just doesn't look the way I want it to, I really I have a, I really have a hard time getting into it, and it's even though it's a superficial thing like it's i I can't help that it still just kind of like turns me off and instantly makes me sort of just bored with it off the bat so even though i don't agree even though i don't feel that way about this game i do understand what he's saying um 
And then finally he says, with that, it's time for me to sign off. I have to get kids to Taekwondo class. Have a great, I hope, I hope they're, they're, they're leveling up their martial, uh, their, their monk skills in Taekwondo class. Did you get that joke? That was a reference to the monk class talk earlier. Jay, I made a good joke. Robert, I'm going to give you a golf clap. <laughs> have a great evening. At least it sounds like you guys usually record at that time. Yes, that's correct. Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. That was a really good one. All right, you got this one. This is from Chase the Night Cleaner. Chase, my man. A short one. Short one from Chase the Night Cleaner. What, Chase? Come on, my man. I do feel like you can do better than this. He says, hello, gentlemen. Chase the Night Cleaner here. Very well. That's that's all it says. (laughs) Come on, Chase. Kidding. Uh, Chase says, hello, gentlemen. Chase the Night Cleaner here, writing an email on company time. Ooh, I'm telling. Oh, shit. Uh, this. So straight to it. Question of the day. In honor of Street Fighter 30th anniversary collection being oh, released, yeah. uh, what is your favorite Capcom fighting game of all time and why? For me, it's a toss-up. Do uh, you want to go? Uh, it's easy. Street Fighter 2. Yeah, it's kind of... Yeah, it's so easy. <laughs> okay. We're in agreement. <laughs> so I was trying to think of anything else I could justify, but it's just... I mean, they've got the Marvel vs. Capcom games, if you like those. Um I really not. I've, the only one of those I've played is three, actually. Um, and I'm not a huge fan of the series. I don't dislike it, but I'm just not a huge fan. I mean, with me, it's without a doubt, you know, basically pick any version of Street Fighter 2 and that's it. Chase, I'm sorry that Robert stole your thunder. Yeah. Uh, Chase says, for me, it's a toss up between Marvel vs. Capcom 2 and Power Stones 2. Wow, he didn't even mention Street Fighter 2. Hmm, Power Stones. Um, he says, that's what I got. Hoping everyone else toes the line in this section of the week. They did not chase. No, Ryan did a good job, but we'll, uh, we'll see. We got one more from Jonathan. Hopefully, hopefully he picks up the slack a little bit too. But um, I'm a little disappointed in our listeners right now. Yeah, I'm telling you guys right now. At the end of the semester, when you come up to me and ask how you, how can you pass this class, I'm going to tell you. Email section would have been your key answer. <laughs> uh, nice. I just pulled up some Power Stone Two footage, and it's like a it's really weird looking. It's it's like a um, it's a four player. It's like three oh, D. Like I don't even know if I would consider it, like am I looking at the same the right game? This does not seem like a fighting game. Yeah, no, that's it. Oh, it's interesting. I do like the look of this. I guess it a is mal- a fighting game. It's not really like a what you think of when you say fighting game. It's like it looks like um almost like Super Smash Brothers with. Like, that's what I was thinking. Game. Yeah, with multiple people, Super Smash Bros. Except it's in 3D. It's kind of like a it's kind of like a cross between a party game and Super Smash Brothers. It looks like. Oh my! I was looking at this going. This looks like a Dreamcast game. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Dreamcast. All right. What is, um, is that it? Is that what? Goes on to say thanks. For, <laughs> um, <laughs> thanks for dong. I think that's what you're doing. Thanks uh, for dong. If, if I've heard that dong, one a few times. I'm used to it. Don't worry. Yeah, but she heard the dong. Uh, thanks for dong. What you do and talk to you again soon. Regards, <laughs> Chase and Night Cleaner. Thanks, Chase, as always. You're welcome for the dong. I love the dong. Poor dong. All right. It looks like we got a pretty substantial one from Jonathan. Uh, he also Jonathan also sent us a tweet. And he says, hey, guys, a quick honorable mention. Okay, we'll come back to this. Honorable mention on his top five. Don't let me forget. You're the or no, we'll, we'll, do, we'll do honorable mention first then. He says, hey, guys, a quick honorable mention that I forgot about for my top five. Ooh, Jay. Final Fantasy Tactics A2. Interesting. I played this game with high expectations after the first one. The judges and their rule system really turned me off. They made it illegal to use specific combos or weapons. Thanks. He is my mouthpiece. I'm just letting you know right now. Yeah, I mean, that's the same thing I've heard. 
I'm kind of, I kind of don't really know why you and him both consider this one that you'd really like to try. Because all I hear is this game is shit. And for the exact the tactics reason, is said, so good. But it's, tactics, but it's, it's so good. It's Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah, way. but there's bad entries in, in very many game franchises. Like, you, you don't hear me saying, like, I would really like to give Street Fighter 1 a second chance just to see if I, there was something I was missing. You're right. I mean, when you're right, you're right. <laughs> um, boom. Where we go? I lost my emails. Found them. Hey, Classic Game Podcasters. What's new for you guys? Enjoying the NBA playoffs? Are you guys sports fans? Jay? Uh, not really. I watch UFC and esports. It's about the extent of I watch UFC and uh, Formula One. I just started watch, watching, watching. I just started watching Formula One this season, and it is very fun. Uh, I but, watch. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was saying, but yeah, that's it for me. I I used to watch. I used to love NBA and NFL, like when I was younger. But I just don't really. I haven't watched, especially NBA, in a very long time. And football, I don't really. I I still care about the 49ers, but I don't care enough to watch them. I just get sad when I hear about how bad they're doing, and that's basically it as far as other sports stuff goes. For me, I don't, I don't not enjoy watching them, but it's accessibility. And this is something that, that Fox has gotten a lot of criticism for at the NFL, or not simply Fox, but the NFL in general for, for viewing. They need to make it easily accessible online. What's, is it not easy? Can't you just watch it on TV? So so I was so I wrote, I read an article on Reddit that was talking about the different ways you can watch the full NFL season pass. And it's the cost is just ridiculous. And you have to use certain platforms. And apparently some of their online only shows certain games. So if your team's not a part of the, the big crowd, then you may miss games with your teams. And it's just like, dude, like, like you have so many streaming platforms available and it's like all these different websites do it and you can't like, what, yeah. what year is it? Yeah. So, anyways. Uh, let's see. Question of the day. What's your favorite sport? What's your favorite sport and or sports team? All right. Jay, you want to go? You want me to lead us off with this one oh you can start go right well in. i guess my favorite sport is is as we just said uh, really mma um but i'm having a hell of a time watching formula one this season it is it was one of those things that i got into and i was like i'm gonna give this a shot it was all based on me playing motorsport manager and um i was like this is kind of interesting maybe i'll watch this season and see you know if i actually enjoy watching it and i've been watching this season and really loving it, it is so much fun but um I have, but I have to say that I, I do enjoy MMA a little bit more. Yeah, um, I mean, as far as sports, yeah, as far as sports team, I mean, like I said, I do love the 49ers. They were always my team growing up. I don't really care enough to watch them anymore, but I do still like. I'm always like, oh, I want the 49ers to do good. Um, but regarding the sports that I actually, I think he's kind of thinking more traditional as far as that goes. But to yeah. answer his question for the stuff that I do watch uh, on Formula One, it's it's Ferrari. And then, because I just have always loved Ferraris. And uh, as far as like my favorite fighters, it's kind of the, most of them are the cliche ones like Demetrius Johnson, uh, Ioannia Jacek. And um, I really do like Chris. Wow. I, I like Chris Weidman a whole bunch. I feel like I'm leaving somebody out. Oh, okay. I, I gotta leave. 
I got to mention my boy, Eric Anders, who oh. actually trains at the gym that I also train at. Um, I don't train MMA. I mostly stick to uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but I do a little bit of striking. But anyway, he's he he he's from there, and so I gotta he's he's got to be my number one. But uh, so yeah, Eric Anders, Dimitri Johnson, Joanna, Chris Weidman. I feel like oh oh, and of course and, oh, and I love Daniel Cormier. Of course. How about you? Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of the same boat. I, I watched conventional sports growing up, and I watch it enough today, or I don't watch it actually really at all. I, I read about it enough to talk to clients about because in that I work in sports are really big, especially college basketball and golf. All oh, right. Fuck. But regardless, I read about it enough just to, to kind of get myself in the loop. Um, I really, really enjoy watching MMA. I watch Bellator a decent amount. I watch UFC every time it's on, even just the FS1s. Um, I'm so yeah, into it right same. now. I, I love what the fights that they're putting together right now are just great. And there are so many exciting fights. Uh, the card on July 7th we were talking about is just incredible. My favorite fighters now has got to be Ryan Ortega. It's a beat. I'm not even going to try and pronounce his last name. That guy is fighting again in September. Wait, he he's, is... wait you're talking about Rafael Dos Anjos? No, it's a beat. It's a beat. Z A B I T. He's a part oh, of. Oh, I misunderstood you. Okay, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. No, okay. sorry. Yeah, he's. I've only, oh, hi, Lisa. I've only, we've only, I've only watched him fight a handful of times so far, but I was just super impressed with his ability. It, for me, I really enjoy um, very talented fighters. I don't really care too much for the trash talking. Um, I do at times. Yeah, that gets I, really that does get super old. Yeah, especially when fighter there's fighters that are now trying to they're trying to call people out left and right, and it's like, oh, you don't even have a leg to stand on. It's like, stop, stop. Like, just you're, we understand what you're trying to do. You're trying to do the Conor McGregor thing, but it's right. just not there. Um, and then last me for me is is big boy John Jones. John Jones. There's a lot of rumors that he's fighting before the end of the year, and Fuck no matter him. how much of a degenerate, no matter how much of a degenerate he is, I will always watch him fight, and I'm I will. So disappointed in you. I'm sorry. He is an incredibly talented fighter. He's a specimen for, of the ages. That guy is, is unbelievably talented. Cannot yeah, but the problem is it. he's so scared of everybody he fights that he has to do drugs before, before the we fight. We don't need to get into that. When the, when the, <laughs> listen, when the reports come out in full, where we get the full details, we can talk about it more. I, I, uh, I have heard different... I'm, I'm just saying, uh, more recently, more stuff has come out that has shown that uh, he may not have been as guilty as he was. I don't believe that okay uh, i'm not saying he's regardless we don't we don't need to go into no we don't you're right we regardless don't. i will watch john jones fight every day for the rest of my life because he is just unbelievably talented it's ridiculous his body type along with his his abilities just it's just a deadly weapon it's crazy that head that freaking head kick man heard around the world yeah okay um rob oh here we go your pineapple conundrum is likely due to an enzyme that can neutralize taste buds. Okay. Is he just, are you, Jonathan, I don't know if this is based on something that's like some sort of scientific research or if you're just saying that that, that that's probably what's going on. He says, of course, it may be that you are too sweet altogether. Wow. Jonathan, are you just like saying, yeah, this could be it? Or is like, is this, a, <laughs> is, this doesn't answer my question. Like, is this a thing? Okay, anyway. All this recent talk about Pokemon from Jay makes me wonder about his feelings about these new Pokemon releases. Yeah, we kind of <laughs> discussed that. I would imagine yeah. that he has no interest since they will undoubtedly be much easier than the cool mods he's been telling us about. Still, let's listen to Jay talk about his love or hate for the new direction that Game Freak has decided to explore. 
I'm, I'm holding my breath. I'm very curious to see exactly what's going to come out of it. I'm looking forward to the big title that they, they alluded to a few times. The one that's coming out this year, eh, we'll see. I'm not really looking forward to it much. Uh, I will probably get a chance to play them because a lot of my close friends are very much so into Pokemon. So I will more than likely get the opportunity to give it a shot, which I definitely will. And I'll, I'll, give, some, I'll give some rundown after I play them for sure. Okay. In other news, it has been entertaining. Me? I don't have you any opinion. I'm, I just don't really care about any Pokemon. I just don't care about Pokemon in general. Gotcha. In other news, it has been entertaining listening to multiple gaming podcasts lately. One of yours oh. truly has been one of yours truly. Uh, recently. He, he does a podcast? I don't, I'm not sure what he means by that. One of yours truly recently has been discussing Heroes of Might and Magic games on their podcast as well. It's fun to hear uh, different aspects and experiences for the same game. I don't know who you're referring to at all. I thought himself. I thought I could be wrong. I have no idea. I've got some cool news. Check out this link to see what my wife and I are doing next month. Uh, is it appropriate for the podcast? <laughs> it, it's, it's a Pornhub link, so... Here, hold on. I'll copy it. it? Did you see Pornhub tweeted? I think it was like two weeks ago. They're like, please stop flagging our videos for nudity. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, interesting. Oh, what? This is... Was this... What is... Hold on. on. It's the Chrono Trigger Epic... Oh, my gosh. It's a live performance of Chrono Trigger Epic Orchestra. Ooh, nice. Oh, man. That's amazing. Oh, man. Oh, do you know what this... What? Oh, it's the day, the day before July 7th card? It's the day before July 7th? Why did you say it's July, July 6th? Card. Oh, July is it you were talking about the... <laughs> okay, the card. That's really cool. I hope you really enjoy it. This that's, is the day before July 7th. I'm just looking forward to that card so much. This is... Um, where is this? Orlando? Is it in Orlando? It uh, says the Orlando Contemporary Chamber Orchestra. Florida, yeah. Right. But it doesn't say if this particular performance... No, it's it's finally happening in July. We're forming a concert for beautiful oh, composition in Florida. Yeah. Yep, that's pretty awesome. The what yeah, the Chrono Trigger cool. Epic Orchestral Melody. There are a handful of games that I would listen to in this capacity, and this is definitely one of them. Hey, that should be our next top five. Mm, I'd be okay. Like, well, you know where it's going. Can we exclude the obvious? Well, okay, so exclude uh, Chrono Trigger and tactics. Uh, a tactic soundtrack. Is the tech, oh, I just—I didn't know that it had a good oh, so soundtrack. Good. Hold on, I'm gonna, I, I don't want to spoil everything if you don't. Oh, think. we could we could talk about this off air. Um, off air. What about what do you think about this one? Should we include? I, I, I that? like it. Top five games we'd like to hear. No, no, but look at the one that I put on the in our chat. Oh, I'm sorry. Is this an obvious one? <sighs> yeah, I think so as well. Okay, so we'll exclude Chrono Trigger. Okay, so this is what we're gonna do for our next top five. Top five games that you'd like to see like an orchestral well, a performance. Let's tweet of. out what our exclusions are or something because I think there's we're gonna come up with some more. I guarantee you, the second I go to the bathroom, I'm gonna be like, oh duh, this like this that's way too obvious. Okay, but what we're doing okay is top five that we'd like to do an or uh, go see an orchestral <laughs> performance for. Um, Party of three. And then, but we're excluding Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy VI, and are we gonna exclude? Tactics as well? You think that's like super obvious? Yeah, we probably should. I, I mean, to me it is. I, I, it's such a strong soundtrack. I think maybe 10 would be a better exclusion than Tactics. 10 soundtrack, I mean, a lo- I have this. I actually have the CDs of that. Oh, really? Okay, so... Oh, yeah. It's so good. So we'll leave out Final Fantasy 10 and Final Fantasy 6 and 
Final Fantasy Chrono Trigger. Yeah, and if we come up with any more that are like blatantly obvious, I think we're going to come up with some more. But all right, this is a good one. I'm glad we got this. You know, for my uh, my birthday, like probably, geez, ten years ago, or maybe like eight or nine years ago, my uh, sister got me and her tickets to go see Star Wars in concert. And it was really, really good. It was. I'm sure you really enjoyed that. Oh yeah, I mean, it was even better than I expected it to be. It was super good. Uh, I played Switch for the first time. That's I played Switch? Switch. I don't know. He says I played Switch for the first time the other day when visiting my brother. We had a blast. Beat Zelda. Okay, beat Zelda yeah. in four days. He played a Switch. That um, is an incredible game. That is absolutely an incredible game. Damn, beat Zelda in four days. <laughs> Uh, it just shows how good it is, right? It took me like seventy hours <laughs> to beat to beat Zelda. On to the top fives for the week: games I didn't love, but for some reason now I would like to try again in no specific order. The first one he lists is he says I'm going to catch some flack for this: Darkest Dungeon. I've heard oh wow I've heard some really good things about this game. In fairness, I probably didn't give this enough of a chance, but it just never really grabbed me. Gonna have to give it another try someday. Oh man, Darkest Dungeon, I really like. I, I didn't beat it. I, to to be fair, it does become a little bit grindy at some point because you get to this point where you get to this point where you have to level up your guys enough to um, like go to harder dungeons. But but leveling them up is kind of hard because you can't have a group of like several really strong guys and then like one or two weak guys because well you can do that but you still have to do the the hard dungeons if you try to do too easy of a dungeon and you have like somebody who's too high level for it they'll just say like no I'm not going to do that like that's too boring for me or something like you know it's not worth my time and they'll refuse to do the dungeon so like if you get a high level guy and then lose him which he's dead forever then you kind of have to start leveling up like a whole new group of guys just to get like more people powerful enough to go on the later dungeons. So for all of the amazing things about Darkest Dungeon, that is one of its flaws where it kind of becomes a little bit tough to get uh, a big enough group of people high enough level to really advance pretty far in the game. But man, overall, I think that's a fantastic game. The next one he says is Xenosaga Episode 1. This game, this, I also, this is another one that I like. This game was starting to get fun when I lost interest. See, Rob, you're not the only one. I'd like to go back and give it another go sometime, but I don't know when I ever would. Yeah, this game is where is one. This is another one of those RPGs that takes like eight hours to start getting good. You know what I'm talking about, Jay? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm that's, sure a, you... that's a classic for that time. Yeah. Um, and then like once it gets good, then it's like really good. But it takes a long time to get there. So I can understand him saying this is starting to get fun when I lost interest. His next one, Dragon Ball Z Xenoverse. This, is this an RPG? Are you familiar with this one? I have not, actually. I played a decent amount. Well, not a decent amount. I played a couple of the DBZ games, but I don't recognize this title. Okay. He says, this game is probably awesome. I bought it, created a character, and then stopped playing. <laughs> what the hell? Maybe... Maybe one day. I mean, I've done that before. Really? 
<laughs> oh yeah a specific game that you can think of that you've done that on Final Fantasy 12 was was the first one for me on that which is really disappointing you just created a character and then you're like eh. yeah it, I guess that's kind of good I played a little bit of it but it was like I was like oh I was not very <laughs> far in the, the first time I tried it but it, it going talk about it I could talk much more positively about it today for sure okay Secret of Mana honestly I realize that I owe a lot to this game. It is most obviously the predecessor to Chrono Trigger and helped developers realize my favorite game's potential. I didn't even know that it was considered a predecessor to Chrono Trigger. Still, I find this game was cumbersome. The menus were annoying and the hitbox ratio was terrible. I know, quote, some people readily disagree with me about this, but these reasons and others have made my experience with this game a chore. Still, I need to beat it before I die. I can agree to that. I have played a little bit of this on the SNES Classic, and I never talked about it because I kind of waited too long and then I sort of forgot a whole lot about it, so I I never really felt good talking about it. But, oh man, the thing he says about the hitboxes really is 100% true. Like, the hitboxes are ridiculous. There are so many things about the combat that I just hate. I, I, I didn't like Secret of Mana either. His last one he lists is Dragon Quest, this, the whole series. These games just never grabbed my attention like their stepbrother Final Fantasy did. I did play one of them and spent over 200, <laughs> 250 hours to beat it. <laughs> but I did to show I could, not because I was having fun. Damn, dude, that's dedication to a cause. I do plan on giving the PS4 game a try, though. It look it looks like it should be fun. Later, dudes. Holy shit! I have I have not played any Dragon Quest game, and I can guarantee I would not play a game for two hundred. I I can understand playing a game long enough just to beat it, just to say you did. But two hundred and fifty hours, that is uh, beyond Final extreme. Fantasy. That's like Final Fantasy VII status right there. No, that is not. Like, what are you talking about? I played Final Fantasy VII for at least 200 hours originally. But okay, all right, I can understand that. But you don't. But in order just to beat it, you don't have to play it. Oh, I'm so sorry, it's I like misheard a, that. No, it's no. a 40-hour game, basically. If you're just if, if you're not doing, you know, if you're not 100 percenting it or doing sure. all, tons of side quests and stuff like that. Damn. Okay, thank you, uh, thank you, Jonathan. That was good. And that's all we got for emails. You want to wrap us up with the current gaming subcast? You got anything? Not really. I, just, I like I kind of talked about it earlier. I've been playing Heroes of Might Magic Three. That has been honest. I'm literally excited to come home from work to play that. It's so crazy. <laughs> That's good. That's I can't great. believe how into it I'm. It's it's so weird how much I'm getting into this game right now. But I, like I said, I've been, I've I've spent a ton of time playing this game recently, and I've played with other people, and it's just it's just fun, man. It's such a great game. That's awesome. I've been playing uh, more Bravely Default. I'm still liking that. It's still really fun. Um, I've been playing. Uh, I, this is a game that I've been. This is a, a roguelike that I've been wanting to get to for a while, but I put it off because um, I know that it takes like quite a bit of investment just to kind of get started and really understand the game. That is Cataclysm: Dark Days Ahead, <laughs> and I don't want to. I'm not going to talk much about it yet because I, I, I'm still just to the point where I kind of 
basically know what I'm doing and I'm not just dying like 20 minutes into the game every single time. Um, but I'm, but I need to play it a lot more before I really can feel like I can talk about it. But I would just say I'm having a ton of fun with it. And it is one of the most, uh, impressive games I've ever played in regards to like the breadth and depth of it. Like there is so much to do in this game. Like there are so many different systems at play in the whole entire game that it is kind of unbelievable. Like as far, like it's a, it's a roguelike and it's also a survival game where you have to kind of go around and find tons of stuff and craft tons of shit to be able to survive. There's like, you have, to, there's like, you have to make sure you're wearing the right clothes because like to make sure your, your, your body temperature is fine because it, you know, whether, whether being too cold or being too wet or being too hot all affects your character and how well he's going to do in various situations. Uh, there are a trillion different like crafting recipes. And then there's like levels to how good you are at, you know, survival and how you could, how good you can craft this and that. And of course there's levels for other things like, uh, firearms or just like hand to hand combat or, uh, driving cars. Even there's a level for that or, uh, you know, you know, mechanical type stuff. There's even like a nutrition system built into the game where you have to not in the, and actually the way I'm playing is just while I'm learning, I have a uh, mod that kind of like simplifies it. So where all you have to do is make sure you're just getting enough food. But if you're playing like without that mod that simplifies that, then you actually have to make sure like you get the correct vitamins, you get like enough protein specifically, you have like enough calcium. So your bones don't get too weak. It is, uh, it is crazy how in depth this game is. I will say, I'll say, I'll go, I'll give one teaser, one kind of funny thing that happened. So like I said, you have to make sure you get water and food. That's, you know, you know, the most basic things of survival. And it's the, the whole game is set in a zombie apocalypse. Uh, so my character, there are like a trillion different uh, types of characters you can play as like, you can even just play, you can even play as a clown as one of the characters you can play as. Uh, or you can play as somebody who like, you can play as like a, I don't remember if the character himself is a pharmacist, but one of the characters you play as like starts off in a pharmacy that's been like ransacked the player that, that I think a lot of the beginner player character, uh, like a, a lot of beginner players, like, like I like, like me play as is uh just kind of like a basic survivor. And you start off in a survival shelter. Like there's this like kind of like almost sort of like a bunker. It's like where you and one other person have gone to, to, to kind of like just like ride things out or, you know, hope, hope that everything is going to blow over. Of course they don't, but you're in a fairly secluded place where you're not just going to run into like zombies right off the bat. And uh, so nearby is a swamp and you can get water from the swamp and like put it in a bottle or, or I happen to find a, like a gallon jug somewhere so I can put a whole bunch of water in it, but you have to make sure that the water is purified. Otherwise there's a very good chance you'll get sick. Uh, but I didn't have anything. I had not built anything yet that I could start uh, a fire in. So what I had to do to make sure I could purify some water is I found a pan and I found some matches. So I went out to a bush nearby and I set the bush on fire so I could boil the water in the pan over the bush and then put it in my water bottles to, to have for later. And so I was doing this, but I didn't realize um, that fire spreads very easily from a bush. 
So I basically burnt my legs so badly that my legs were useless. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> because the fire spread and like I did a few wrong things and accidentally stood in the fire for too long. And it like completely destroyed my character's legs. Um, I had to basically like crawl off into like another little water tile to finally put out the fire. And in the meantime, all of my supplies got burned up in the process. <laughs> but, but luckily, um, so, something happened shortly after that and the game crashed. And so it didn't save that. So I got to give uh, boiling water a second chance. But anyway, I'll talk about that more some other time. Because like I said, I'm still really just scratching the surface. Uh, but I'm having a ton of fun with it. It's Cataclysm Dark Days Ahead. And I think that's all we got for this episode of the Classic Gaming Podcast. Quick reminder, later this month, in fact, we need to go ahead and set a hard date for this. <clears throat> or not necessarily a hard date, but a date. So, Jay, today is the second. Mm-hmm. Our next... Today's the first. I'm sorry. No, well, for me, it's Oh, for you. Now. I'm sorry. You're three hours ahead? <laughs> but, okay, yeah. So, for yeah. For today is, for all practical purposes, the first. Uh, we'll probably record the next episode on the 15th. And then the next one after that on the 29th. And so game of the quarter, the, the this quarter ends at the end of this month. So why don't we set the time or the date that we're going to discuss 40 winks to be uh, on June 29th. Okay. Sound good to you? Yep. All right. So as a quick reminder to everyone, our game of the quarter, which is our is a new thing for the Classic Gaming Podcast, is the game 40 winks for PlayStation 1. Jay and I are both going to play that game and we're going to talk about it. Uh, uh, two episodes from now, we're, which we are recording June 29th. Uh, if you want to... Whoop, holy shit. I probably just made some loud noises on my microphone. If you want to play it as well, we want to hear... We, this is what, something that we want just like not uh, just us to play for when we do the game of the quarter from now on, but, uh, but the listeners as well. Anybody who's interested, uh, give this one a shot as well. Again, it's 40 Winks for PlayStation 1. I've gotten one or two uh, messages on, on uh, Twitter already from people showing me like, hey, I got the game. Uh, Jonathan, I believe, was one of them. And so I think we'll be hearing from Jonathan on this. Uh, anybody who wants to take part and tell us what they thought of 40 Winks, you know, write in an email to the episode. Just make sure you uh, send us something by June 29th. If you want to send it early, that's perfectly fine. And I'll just hold on to it until then. And if you just want to send it for that episode, that's perfectly fine too. But again, June 29th is when we'll be talking about 40 Winks. Um, leave us amazing reviews on iTunes. Tell all your friends to listen to the Classic Gaming Podcast. Send us emails so we can have a better email section than we did this time. Even though three emails isn't bad. I can't complain. But it's but no. the but the more the better, right? Absolutely. Mail at ClassicGamingPodcast.com. You can literally write us about whatever you want to. Follow us yep. at Class Gamescast. Follow me at King Octavius. Jay, you have anything uh, anything to add? Uh, no more nudes via email, please. Uh, no, don't uh, please ignore Jay. You please feel free to send nudes. Uh, As, I, we talked I'm about on this. enough lists, Robert. <laughs> we're we're not on enough lists. We're on too, too few lists. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thank you, everybody. We will see you all in two weeks.